You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. We've got Bush. Fuck, do you like to fuck? It's just money shots, uh, chairs all over there. Those guys with bank bus think they're a good deal. Yeah. My dick is small. What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm your designated weatherman, Dick Sprinkles, and they are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. <laughs> this is Eddie. I'm drunk, I'm old, I'm fucking tired, and I work with fucking children. And this is Scott, the man of a thousand and four drinks. What is Dick Sprinkles? Uh, when we went to the Who's Live uh, improv show, that was oh. that was one of the names. And then Carissa dared me to implement it into a show episode. And you're welcome, audience. Ah. That, that's where it is. All right. Well done. It's similar yeah. to my favorite um, NASCAR driver, Dick Trickle. Dick Trickle. Yes. <laughs> and all I know about NASCAR is there was a guy named Dick Trickle. And all you know about baseball is there's a dude named Rusty Cunts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's one of the. Um, yeah, it might be pronounced the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's like that joke. Um, where, where there were there were um, eleven baseball players who were named after body parts, whose names are body parts. Name them. Adam, just get on with this show, dude. Let's, let's not tell this joke. This joke sucks. Right. It's a good joke. It's no, a good it's joke. Not. Go it ahead. Sucks. All right. Go ahead. You're all gonna be left in. Uh... Left in limbo, got to ask Eddie on the social media platforms. Uh, you know where to get t-shirts, whatamaneuver.net, tank tops, hoodies, t-shirts, of course. Onesies for the miniature, drunk marks and drunk marquettes. We want them looking like drunk wrestling historians. Go- head over to whatamaneuver.net and buy a fucking shirt. We have, WrestleMania-, shirt. We have WrestleMania expenses. Shit ain't going to pay for itself. There you go. All right. Uh, oh, what do you guys have to drink? I was just going to say, you forgot to ask us what we're drinking. So um, I'm not sure if either of you have even thought about this yet, and it kind of ties into a lot. Um, This episode, this is, we're recording this on Monday. This episode is going to drop on Friday, which is St. Patrick's Day. In honor of St. Patrick's Day, right now I'm drinking an Irish coffee. Ooh, very nice. Which is one of, which might be my favorite cocktail. It's between this and a margarita, but I love, I mean, Irish coffee is just like a work of art. I love the Irish coffee. Yeah, right. Um, Drunk fact, it became famous in San Francisco. Um, Well, it became famous in America in San Francisco at Buena Vista Cafe. So if anyone is ever uh, on vacation in San Francisco, check out Buena Vista Cafe. They sell something like 3,000 of them a day or something. Something insane. And you can get them to go. They give you a tiny airplane bottle of whiskey and coffee. You have to pour the whiskey in yourself outside. But you can walk around and drink an Irish coffee. And on deck, because that's not going to last me long, I have a can of Guinness which is one of my favorite beers of all time. And after that, I also have on deck a second can of Guinness. Dude, how long do you plan on this episode going? I don't know, but I'm prepared for the worst. You really are, dude. You're buckling <laughs> it, in. 
And since I love the sound of a, a can of Guinness opening, I waited until we started before oh, cracking the can. She's doing it. Yep, it just has its own unique thing that I love. Very nice. Well, you're buckling in and strapping on. I'm drinking a liquid gravity drama king, much like Aiden English's uh, nickname, it's a drama king. West Coast Double IPA. Thank you to Adam for the brew. Thank you, my friends. So cheers to you. Cheers to Eddie. L'chaim. Yeah, also, I haven't had a drink in like two and a half weeks, so that's why I'm not fucking around tonight. Very good. It's been weird. I had COVID and had my issue with the fucking cat where I didn't get to go to Vegas because of it. So I was like, I'm going to have some fucking drinks tonight. St. Patrick's Day episode. Awesome. Which, I, oh, oh, go ahead. Do your, do your uh, I, drink. I've got... Fitz's pumpkin pap, and on deck, uh, another uh, relative uh, left us over, San Pellegrino Aranciata. Nice. Very good. Yep. So um, I'm going to just intro what episode this is for you, Adam, because I, something occurred to me today. I didn't even think about we're uploading this on St. Patrick's Day, and I was like, well, fuck, how dumb are we that we forgot to come up with an idea for a St. Patrick's Day episode? Oops. I don't think we did that every year, but we did it at least. We did the Hornswoggle one, and I was just like, yeah. St. Patrick's Day is on a fucking Friday. The episode's going to drop on St. Patrick's Day. How did we not think that up? Mm -hmm. Adam's showing me his notes so I can see that he realized that. That, you're, that Eddie and I are on the same wavelength, I think. It's still a St. Patrick's Day episode because WrestleMania 18 was on St. Patrick's Day. Yes, it was. Oh, and way to save it. Well done. So, and it was also 21 years ago. So you want to feel fucking old. WrestleMania 18, Hogan versus The Rock happened 21 years ago. The day you're listening to this. St. Patrick's Day and turn 21. So legal to drink. Cheers. Exactly. Yeah. This episode yeah. is legal. Yeah, but then it hit me. I was like, I was like, damn, we didn't do St. Patrick's Day. And I was like, wait, wasn't fucking this pay-per-view on St. Patrick's Day? And I looked, I was like, fuck yeah, it was. Cool. And yeah, it was 21 years ago. So I was like, cool. Okay, we kind of accidentally did a St. Patrick's Day episode. Saved the day. And you were at this show live and in person. I, I was there. So this was the first of my streak. It was not my first WrestleMania, but it was the first one of my streak. So I went to 2000 with you. Yep. And then it never, at the time, it never even occurred. I was 20, how old was I in 2000? 21, I was 21. At the time, it never occurred to me to go to like really travel for him. So that was in Anaheim, so I could drive. You know, it's a five hour drive. It never crossed my mind to travel out of the state and get on a plane and shit to go to a WrestleMania. So I didn't go to 17 and it's like one of my great regrets of my life. I really wish I would have gone. Yeah. But I didn't know that the next year I was gonna start a streak. So I'd always wanted to go to Toronto. I'd always wanted to go to the Superdome. Um, or the, I'm sorry, the, the Skydome, brother. <laughs> and I was just sort of like talking to a friend of mine uh, saying I wished I could go. And then Chow was happened to be there. And he was like, I'll go with you. I was like, cool, let's get tickets. Got my passport. We went. And when we were there, we were like, this is as far away from California as WrestleMania is ever going to be. We came this far. Why don't we just go every year? And then that started the streak, which didn't break until the one in Tampa, uh, 30, 37. And that was only was because first. of COVID. That was because of COVID. I could have gone, but I was like, no, I'm not going. You know, I stayed home. I skipped that one. But until then, I went every year and I hit my 20th one last year. And in two, three weeks will be my number will be my number 21 WrestleMania. So it all started here. And it was one of those things like I just like we always have like the crazy WrestleMania trips. And this was it wasn't as crazy as some of them were, but it was like night one. We went to a strip club, you know. And uh, we just started off, hit the ground running. And um, 
one funny thing about it, and then we'll get into it, is anyone in Canada knows a pizza place called Pizza Pizza. It's kind of like a little Caesars, like that type of, you know, quality of pizza, and it's open super late. Besides when we first got there and had Taco Bell for lunch, we ate Pizza Pizza for every meal that trip. Because nice. we were like minimal money. You know what I mean? We were 20, I was 22. We didn't have any fucking money to spend. You broke kids, yeah. Or 23, uh, 22. I, I don't know, whatever I was. I barely had money to, to get on the plane to get there. So we had almost no money to eat. So it was like Pizza Pizza every fucking meal. And that was also <laughs> when I found out that in Canada, they call a beanie a toque. So... It was awesome, and I'll get into it later with the what the atmosphere was like outside when we get to the Hogan match. But um, it was so fucking cool, and I'm so glad I did it. You know, it was like I really regret missing 17, but I'm so glad I went to this because my I don't think I would have ever started if I went to Seattle the next year. I still would have never thought to go every year. You know, it was that distance. Like I went 3,000 miles and had to get a passport. That made me think, fuck it, this was a lot to get to this. Let's go every year. It's going to be nothing but easier and cheaper. Yeah, because the next year they announced Seattle, you're like, that's two states up. Fuck it. We're going. Exactly. That's yeah, that's d- no brainer. And yeah. it was, well, it was New York after that. But even that's easier than getting to Toronto. Right. Right. So, so yeah, this was yeah. the beginning of your streak. This is awesome. It all, Yeah. And kind of as a result, it's always been one of my favorite WrestleManias. Like, you know, maybe it's, it's a I mean, hell of a really one to start. Fucking, yeah. It was a really good one. I think anyone watching this would say it was a really good show, but I probably like it even better than a lot of people for that reason. Right. So let's get into the show. This is season 18, episode one on Peacock. Uh, as uh, we have gladly established, this takes place on March 17th in the year of our Lord, 2002, on St. Patrick's Day. WrestleMania X8 at the Toronto Sky Dome in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, home of the Blue Jays. Uh, commentators are JR and the King. Announcer is the Fink. Saliva opens the show singing Superstar with a montage of match buildup and uh, stuff uh, on the screens. Followed by another montage because, you know, finish one montage, we need to do another montage. (laughs) Yeah, and it was kind of cool. It was I liked that they started it this way and I wish they would do this more often. If you're going to have a musical, I'm not a fan of having musical acts at WrestleMania or pay-per-views in general. But if you're going to do it, open the fucking show with them. Like, honestly, do we really need to hear America the Beautiful? You know what I mean? Like, nobody's going to be like, oh, man, that was a good show, but we didn't get America the Beautiful. Yeah. I don't think we really need that at the beginning of the show. This didn't have it unless it was before the pay-per-view hit the air. Well, it wouldn't have had America the Beautiful. It would have had O Canada. Yeah. Which That's right. WrestleMania, which WrestleMania 6 had O Canada. Uh, Robert Goulet sang it. So this year, unless someone sang that before they hit the air they didn't do it they just were like fuck it we'll start off with saliva it would have been cool if they'd gotten a canadian band um but i don't know what canadian band would have been the right one to do it i mean this is before nickelback blew up rush wouldn't have made any fucking sense you know what i mean uh triumph triumph would have wouldn't have made sense maybe fucking thor i don't know um (laughs) there's a great band from toronto called monster voodoo machine that i love who were around at the time, but they would nobody had ever heard of them. You know, they weren't a big band. So it would have been cool if it was a Canadian band, but if you're going to have a band play on the show, I thought this was the way to do it. I thought it was pretty fucking cool. It was a good good start to the show. That's actually at least it a wasn't good Limp point. Huh. Yeah, at least it wasn't Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Yeah, we got that the, the next year. Yeah, and the dude for sure was, he was not lip syncing. This guy was shoot singing because uh, his voice was not great. 
<laughs> you wouldn't right. sound like this. You wouldn't sound like this if you were lip syncing. Yeah. New metal. Yeah. And he's wearing that WrestleMania 18 baseball jersey, which I still have. And I love it. It's one of my favorite. It's my favorite jersey they ever made. And one of my favorite pieces of WrestleMania merch they ever made. Sweet. And that's all I got to say about the intro. Other than the stage is awesome. It's like scaffolding and shit. It's yes. really. Badass it doesn't stage. really. Yeah, it didn't really look like anything in particular like they do now. It just looks fucking cool. Also, with like, there's uh, three off-center screens where they could uh, walk be- walk behind, and then five other screens that go up and down throughout the show. So, yeah, 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 looked cool there. Yeah, it was. It was cool. Uh, after that second montage. We open the show with the pyro and the shit, and you can see Eddie in uh, section 303 screaming his fucking face off. And then <laughs> I was definitely in section three something. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got t- cheap seats. That was just a joke. Oh, well, we'll have to get in touch with Chow to confirm that. But yeah, uh, or two something, whatever the high, whatever upstairs, whatever section number that is, whether it was the 200 or 300 level. So I was way the fuck up there. So you traveled uh, to our friends in the great white north and you sat to way up north. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Edge yeah, had better it, seats in 90 for Hogan Warrior. <laughs> yeah, way better. Yeah. Yeah. And it was um, it's a badass stadium. They start showing shots of the stadium and there's a hard rock. There used to be a hard rock in the stadium. It's not there anymore. But there used to be an actual Hard Rock Cafe inside the stadium. And there's a hotel, for anyone who doesn't know about the Skydome, there's a hotel where some of the rooms overlook the field. And that hotel is notorious for people fucking in the window. Right, right. <laughs> it's happened a bunch of times. And if you, um, I if you, if you just Google it, like people having sex in the in the Skydome Hotel, you can find videos of it. There are articles about it that have videos attached where you can see there was one where this chick was letting the dude have it. They're in a chair right in front of the window. She's on top. And I was like, God damn. Like, she was doing a good job right there. That guy was having a great time. They were both having a great time. Is your and Chow's video still up? No, it's I, I couldn't find it anywhere. No, they I don't know if anyone posted down, that. Huh? Yeah, well, people, there weren't, you know, everybody didn't have a camera phone back then. Gotcha. Well, and they frown upon inviting donkeys into the thing, you know, the whole beast. No, no, no. That's yeah. Right. They tell you that when you sign into the hotel, actually no donkeys in the room. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't know how you stuck that thing in there. That's impressive. Yeah. (laughs) But apparently a bunch of people got in trouble for it, um, but they thought the windows were tinted. Oh, (laughs) is what happened. And I guess after it happened. Oh, you saw that? (laughs) Yeah. And I guess after it happened a couple times, after they had a few incidents, they started telling people that when they checked in. Just keep in mind, those windows are not tinted, so people can see in. So I think the people, I mean, who knows who was doing it so someone could see them or who was and who was lying about not knowing anyone could see them. Right. But, right. you know, so, yeah, like one dude got in trouble. He was like just jerking off in front of the window, which is <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who played for the Blue Jays at the time that he was into. But, uh, yeah, so that's just some uh, drunk facts about the stadium itself. The only old-time Blue Jays player that I remember would be Carlos Delgado. Ricky Henderson played for the Blue Jays. Oh, shoot. That's right. All right. Well, anyways, like... <laughs> <laughs> that got Eddie going. And, he is my favorite player of all time. <laughs> and, and he made it to third base. And now back to this Blue Jays game. <laughs> <laughs> Your opening matchup is for the WWF Intercontinental title, Rob Van Dam versus the champion, William Regal. This is RVD's WrestleMania debut. I would say right guy to kick off the show. 
Totally. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, first thing I notice is if you look at the front, like the, you know, the seats on the floor, it's all young dudes. You don't see kids. You don't see um, many chicks. It's all like dudes who it was like my demographic. Like I was right in that because this is attitude era, right? This is late attitude era. A lot of people consider this after the attitude era because it was after a lot of people consider that to have ended at 17. It's all those young but kids with that dot com money. It, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, those are the fucking those are the OG startup kids. Yeah, exactly. But it's a bunch of dudes who were in their early 20s who who went to WrestleMania, you know, and it was like that's what the crowd was. When we were outside waiting to get in, we were exactly the demographic of who was there. Like the vocal everyone males. around us. Exactly. Yeah, right. Everyone around us was dudes our age. You know, it was like very clear who they were aiming the product at at the time and who was watching it at the time. So it was cool. I just noticed that when the match started. But, um, and you're right, Adam, this is a great match to start off because you have RBD's debut and you have two really unique styles, but different from one another. You know what I mean? They both mm -hmm. have their own very distinctive style. Right. But th they're like almost clashing styles where you're kind of like, how's this match going to go? You know what I mean? Is this going to be good or are they going to be too different? Yeah. Ariel versus Ariel and strength versus old fashioned brawler. I really yeah, like that. Technique. I really yeah. like that combination. Yeah, right. So RBD comes at Regal hard right away. Regal catches him on the jaw and gets a break. <laughs> and then he spends like then he spends like twenty minutes trying to fish those brass knucks out of his trunks. Yeah, yeah. like a long time. I was like, what is his dick stuck through him or something? <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? He's like trying to push it out. Fucking ball sweat stuck to the knucks. It's like, yeah, right. Damn it! I saw um, I saw that hot chick in the first row. Gotta look away. Gotta look away. Get, get out of the way. Got it. All right. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it worked until he got to the ring. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he loses him right away. <laughs> RBD goes for a frog splash really early on. He misses, and that's when Regal takes over because RBD is kind of dominating it. RBD, Regal eventually got the brass knocks out. Uh, RBD kicked him away from him, and then Regal takes over after RBD misses that. Because you're like, damn, dude, this match can be over that fast? No. Yeah, he, you're he thinking it's the... a squash. You're like, oh shit. Right. They're like, fuck. Would, would Regal no. get in trouble? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. He gets... Or you're just trying to get the crowd hot right away with title change. Yeah. Yeah. He right. gets rough with him. I like that. He starts with the running knee and then three pinfall attempts. That's like part of that brawling technique. That's just getting into your head more like mentally wearing you off and pissing you off than trying to win the match. Yeah, and they're both exactly right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, RBD goes for a comeback. Regal cuts him off. He goes for another cutback. Um or another another comeback and he goes for a rolling thunder, but Regal gets his knees up, which like I don't know how you take that move without it hurting. You know what I mean? Right. You're rolling thunder where you land on your back across a guy's knees. Mm -hmm. um, and he's already he's already got color. Yeah. At this point, I noticed Regal's bleeding from his either his mouth, like in his mouth or from his lip. I think it was from a super kick. RBD gave him a super kick. Yeah. And I remember that. Yeah. That was the only thing I could see that could have potentially busted him open. So I'm assuming it was that. Um, then Regal hits a half Nelson suplex. He dumps RBD right on the back of his head. And I don't know how you do that. That was without... brutal. Yeah, that's oh, like, I don't know planted. if that was the kind of move. I don't know if that was the kind of move that Regal would do to a guy back then because they didn't think concussions were a big deal. Yeah. Or or what. But like, I don't know how you, there's not a good way to do that move. Well, good thing RVD was young, right? Because RVD takes that yeah. move now. The dude's in a fucking wheelchair afterwards. Right, right. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, this is 21 years ago. Right. You could yeah, you could take shit. Like, I could take a... Uh, no, I couldn't take that back then. No, there's no fucking way you could. But, like, Jeff Hardy, look at the shit he did, right? And he got yeah. up and walked away from it most of the time. But, yeah, yeah he, he does was, that shit now. Fuck that. Yeah, right. Um, so, while he's down, Regal gets the brass knucks back. But... Um, King is the rep King is claiming, oh, he's just picking up trash. What are you talking about? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, the ref sees him, so the ref takes him. He's getting rid of him. And um, he goes for his trunks again, but RVD hits him with a spin kick, frog splash, RVD wins. The right move to lead off this card. Yeah, it was a it was a perfect match to start the show. It was nothing fancy. It was fairly short. Um, and it started off, you get you start off with RVD getting a title win. So yeah. it was a great yeah. Perfectly positioned on the show, and it was the perfect match for what it was supposed to be. Nobody did anything crazy. I don't think they even went outside the ring. No, I think you're right. Yeah, so it was uh, just like... I, th I think there were some some spots. I think uh, RVD got color at some point, and then that picking up the brass neck spot, but it was so minimal. They just roughed each other up in the ring. Right, right. It was it was a perfectly it was it was um two guys knowing their place on the card. Mm -hmm. Yep, good opener. Yeah, great opener. Yeah, really good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Next, next match is for the WWF European title. Christian taking on the champion, Diamond Dallas Page. Not DDP's WrestleMania debut. Apparently his not. Yeah, no. debut, You're not, right. Yep. So his debut was in 1990 at in WrestleMania in the Sky Dome, driving the pink Cadillac for Rhythm and Blues. And he drove it because it was his car. Right, exactly. And now, <laughs> cool. how many? However, many years later, twelve years later, twelve years now later, he's making his in-ring debut at forty plus. Okay, I didn't even think about that. And now that you mention it, he and Hogan and the Fink would be the only guys who were in the Sky Dome for both shows. Yes. Right. Nobody else on the show was and Edge. I mean Vince. <laughs> oh, Edge. Oh, yeah, Edge. Edge. Yeah, right. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, prior to this, uh, Lillian is interviewing Christian where he disowns Toronto and says uh, <laughs> he's from Tampa, Florida now. I love that. I loved this is when I loved Christian from here for like basically from the time he went solo to the time he, he but when he was a heel from the time yeah. he went solo until the time he left. I was a huge Christian fan. And this is the he only got better from here. Yeah. But I loved this version of Christian. Um, and he had the obnoxious music and the falling sparks. The opera music, like, yeah. It was way too much of an entrance for a guy, uh, uh, you know, who's going on second on a show. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's just way over the top and way overdone. And it was, I loved it. I loved every part of it. I loved oh, and here's our version. second match of the card, too. We get, we need to rate this match. Second yes. match, yep. Um. So Christian stomps DDP as he gets in the ring and Jimmy Cordero starts the match. He's just like, oh, okay, I'll ring the bell while you're getting stomped. <laughs> this is fair. Which was really <laughs> odd. Uh, drunk fact, I got a picture with Jimmy Cordero in Dallas at WrestleMania 32. Oh, nice. He was sitting in the next section over for us. I saw him. At, I went over there at the end of the show and asked for a selfie. And um, I got it was I, I got his uh, co-host from the podcast he was doing. I forget her name, but she was in the picture too. Nice. So Ooh. if I think about it, I'll tweet it. Um... DDP does a gut wrench and lifts Christian onto his shoulder and then drops him into a gut buster, which was a really cool move. Um, was that a regular DDP move? Yes, it was. Okay, because I didn't see a lot of his WCW stuff, so I don't really know. But yeah, um, that was one of his, his regulars. Okay. Um, for some reason, Jerry Lawler is obsessing over DDP's teeth. Interesting. 
Yeah, I don't really know why, because DDP has the big smile. You know, this is when he's doing that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the positivity just, thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's goofy. Um, Christian's taking punches from the turnbuckle. DDP is standing on the second turnbuckle, giving him punches. Christian hits a low blow and does like a reverse snake eyes thing. And that's when he turns the match around. That's such a cool move. I, I thought that was a great move. Just give him yeah. a low blow while he's punching. You would drop his face <laughs> on a fucking turnbuckle. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah, it's fucked him right up. Um, then it's kind of Christian's in control. We get a double down and DDP takes over after that. Um, he goes for a punch and Christian bends over and covers up and ends up taking a power bomb, which was really cool. He's like, duck the punch, but end up getting hit with a power bomb. Right. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then getting close to the end, uh, there's a cool spot where DDP goes for an atomic drop. Christian does the flip out of it backwards and lands on his feet. He goes for an unprettier. DDP reverses it into a cutter, but Christian gets out of that, which was kind of cool. They, they both tease their finisher. Right. And then um, we kind of do it again. You get another cutter attempt, and Christian reverses that into an inverted DDT. And then two count. Yeah, and you thought this, that was it, though. You thought that was it. And this is where Christian's... Um, yeah, because you could win with the DDT in 2002. Totally. You know, they they hadn't ruined that fucking move yet. Right. Um, where, you know, someone hits one at every fucking match and doesn't even go for a pin. Like the super kick? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and this is where Christian almost loses his cool because this is when he was doing that angle where he had the temper and he would get frustrated and DDP was doing the whole thing where he's trying to calm him down and right. get him to, you know, mellow out. That was where this whole angle started. Like, DDP was like a self-help guy trying to help Christian. Christian was like, fuck you. Yeah, well, he was trying to be Christian's guru. Yeah, and then Christian turned on him and that's how this match came about. Yeah. Um, so Christian almost loses his cool. They do a dodge, uh, dodge a kick, punch spot, blah, 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 a little back and forth. It, DDP catches a cutter out of nowhere for the win. It seemed like Christian hesitated a punch on that, but that's how he's able to get the diamond cutter. But I don't know. It yeah, like it, was, it. It, was it was cool. It was cool. Weird. Especially yeah. after, especially after they both teased their finishers. It was cool to see a, a cutter come out of nowhere, which later yeah. on would be Randy Orton's thing. You know, uh, RKO out of nowhere because it's the same move. Right, but, um, but that was totally DDP's thing way back mm -hmm. when, even in WCW, was the cutter yeah. out of nowhere and out of any move. Like, it's kind of the perfect move. It really is, dude. You yeah, know? it's it's yeah. a great finisher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then DDP gets a mic and he tells Christian he's proud of him because he controlled his anger um, even though he lost it in front of 60, even though he <laughs> lost in front of 67,000 fans. And millions, yeah. <laughs> and millions watching around the world. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. That's, that's a, a good, good thing. thing. Yeah, and then yeah. Christian throws a tantrum. Oh, he throws a bitch fit. He's slamming himself on the mat. Jerry yeah. yells, DDP's hella smiling. Jerry yells, get that man some diapers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was a good match. It was a, a really good match, and it was a fun match. You know, it was. I liked I liked it a lot. It was just one of those fun, and that, that was one of the things with Christian specifically, is you would get fun matches, you know, with like a fun story. Um, he was just a fun wrestler to watch. Yeah, and a good Definitely. number two match on the card. Not a bad Great number, number two, two match. match. Um, not better than Taka versus Aguila. No, definitely not, but a good fun match to go on second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Uh, coach interviews The Rock. God's uh, already the booing The Rock. The crowd boos the shit out of The Rock. Who's the face going into this match, by the way? Like, mm -hmm. Hogan is your shit heel. Rock is your mega face. The crowd yeah. flipped it. So let me back up. Eddie, what'd a little you bit. do? Um, <laughs> he broke Canada. <laughs> let me back up a little bit. 
when we were waiting outside to get in, it was clear to us it was Hogan territory. Yep. We got there Saturday. Saturday night, it was clear it was Hogan territory because we're just like, you know how it is at WrestleMania. You go like to the center of town where everybody hangs out and you meet people who are there for the show and you start talking to them. And everybody we talked to, rocks going down, Hogan fucking rules. Yep. Like everybody, it was fucking, we were like, Toronto is Hogan territory. This is a Hogan fucking crowd. You know, we're in the strip club and people are talking about Hogan everything it was just like hogan 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 um outside the place it was funny too because we're outside the place it's so it's saint patrick's day in toronto right it's um if i looked up the weather there i could tell you how fucking cold it is that time of year but it was fucking cold dude and i don't have a winter coat i'm from california right i don't have any heavy clothes so i was wearing a shark's jersey it's like oh my literally God. literally the heaviest thing i had was a shark's jersey i was wearing that in like long pants i almost always wear shorts but i put on pants there were dudes there in like shorts and fucking t-shirts, you know, like locals. And they're like, we were talking to them because the line took a long time like for us to get in. I think we might've got there before they opened the doors and dudes are like laughing at us. They're like, man, dude, mm -hmm. really? This is cold to you? I was like, fuck yeah, it's cold to me. You know, and they're like- <laughs> American oh, hosers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they'd point at the jersey. They're like, oh, well, you're from San Jose. Of course this is cold to you. And yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah I'm not, not exactly San Jose, but yeah, right. Like it doesn't get- you know, the coldest day in January is not as cold as St. Patrick's Day in Toronto. Right, right. So, but it was very clearly Hogan, a Hogan crowd, fuck the rock. And watching it at home, the first time you became aware of this was like, like you said, right now when the rock does his backstage promo and you hear the crowd boo him. Okay, but this isn't news to WWE at this point, right? Like they're hearing the crowds at Access they're hearing things from the fans in the events leading up to WrestleMania in mm -hmm. Toronto. They've got to know going into this match, your script's about to flip. It's well, about to get flipped on its head. Well, the only thing there would have been was access because back then they didn't do um, SmackDown the night before or any of that. You know, this is back in the days when it was access and WrestleMania. Like, um, because if you remember, Raw was in Montreal the next day. Right. So they didn't take over the city the way they do now back then. But you're right. They definitely would have heard about that at Access. Now, I read Hogan's book. In his book, he says he got there to Toronto, whatever, a day or two before. He was going to work as a heel. Vince said, you're the baby face. You need to get the Hogan gear. Go get your Ho gear. Go. He said, get your gear. Hogan didn't trust anyone back home to bring the right gear. He flew home to Tampa, got his gear himself, and flew back, I think, like on Saturday. Damn. Um, who knows if any of that shit's true? You know what I mean? Well, because um, he made an appearance at Access. So if Access was Saturday, yeah. he appeared at that. So he, would, he would have had to a... fly out early and get yeah, back. Exactly. So who knows? You know what I mean? Honestly, with the seamstresses they have, he probably could have had gear made. Right. But you know what, though? Yeah. Access was at night. Hypothetically, yeah. he could fly out early in the morning, get a return flight, make it in time for Access. That right. could happen. It could. I mean, yeah, it's technically possible. I mean, he could have used Vince's jet, and I don't remember if he said that in the book, but... Oh, right, I yeah. Don't I don't... Any outlandish Hogan story, I just don't believe. So yeah, he's I'm gonna a liar. I'm going to assume he lied, and then either way, he... And the story was he didn't wear that gear to the ring. He went out as NWO Hogan. Correct, but he needed it for the next night. He did. He did ultimately end up needing it for that, but we'll get into it later, but things just happened in the ring that happened in the ring. Right. So, right. but anyway, backstage with Maven and the and uh, the Rock, or Maven, um, Coach, Coach, and Coach and the Rock, Coach and the Rock. What up, G? Um, yeah, what up, G? Coach this is where Hogan goes, or, uh, what up, G? 
Rock makes <laughs> Rock makes uh, Coach pray, <laughs> and then he's disgusted by the prayer. And he kicks him out of the out of the room. That's his reaction. Yeah. What yeah. in deep blue hell is that? He was disgusted. Yeah, it was one of those great, and there were a lot of those great um, Rock Coach segments and that was one of them yeah they had such a cool dynamic when they got together and rock tells coach to say prayers so coach looks up to the sky and says what up g yeah, <laughs> rock was just yeah. disgusted yeah kicked him out but yeah they always had a great dynamic on camera mm-hmm. and rock claims that hogan has butterflies in his hulka stomach yep and he's gonna come see if hogan still has his hulka strudel <laughs> i would have gone with hulka balls because that implies you're going to grab his package. But hey. That's true. To, to each their own. <laughs> so Rock, at this point, he wins the crowd over for now. They're cheering for him by the end of this. Because he's talking about dicks and he kicks the coach out. He kicks coach. Yeah. yeah. Like he's just, he's being the Rock. You know, we love right. him. Right. Right. Yeah. And he's he d- charming. And he does the Hogan shirt rip at the end of this. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't completely come off, but... He attempts the rip. Right. Yeah. Next match is for the hard, WWF Hardcore Championship. The designated match is Goldust versus the champion Maven. I totally forgot Maven became a hardcore guy. I did too, but this is the first match where the guy wearing the Bret Hart mask at ringside begins to frighten me. I didn't even notice that guy. Yes, there is a guy at ringside wearing a Bret Hart mask. And it, it, like, I kept seeing it and I'm like, God, that's creeping me out. And then finally I realized what it was. And then I really started to get creeped out by it. Like, the dude wore a mask, a face mask, the entire card up to this point. It's like when I wore the Lucha Libre mask at WrestleMania 2000. But at least that breathes. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's face must have smelled horrible after this match. It's like the guy in the Max Headroom mask that took over the TV channel in Chicago. <laughs> right. Like it's hella creepy. Right. <laughs> yeah. The that creepy. Obviously made of foam and moving around. <laughs> <laughs> That's the creepiest goddamn video I've ever seen in my life. That <laughs> yeah. Max Headroom thing, dude. Catch it's the fucking... wave. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Oh, dude. Still up to this day, like creeps me the fuck out i probably like once a year think about that and look it up on youtube yes and i'm like and then i'm like why did i watch that like you you know what i mean it gives you the heebie-jibbies yeah Yeah, you're like why haven't they caught this guy yet damn it yeah like i want to take a shower right right i need to sue him for like post-traumatic stress disorder because i still have it 40 years later (laughs) after seeing this shit yeah exactly um, so Maven was good, but he was very green still at this point. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, so actually putting him in a match where guys just hit each other with shit was a really good way to cover that up. Right. You know what I mean? Um, it hit. worked. It was kind of and sensible. And such objects uh, to uh, be hitting each other with would include Goldust's uh, gold trash can and lid conveniently mm-hmm. under the ring. <laughs> yeah. Right. And much like um, they did with Taz at WrestleMania 2000. Just kidding, ECW marks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he hits, no, Goldust hits an elbow from the apron onto Maven, and he lands right in front of those neon marks, which I've told you about, Scott, and you seem to have never noticed them. Did you notice them this time? No. It's a dude and a chick. The dude, I think, is in neon pink, and the, like windbreakers, and the chick is in like a neon yellow, and they used to be at like a million shows back in the day. No, dude. 
Okay, I should have fucking texted you and told you keep an eye open for them. But they were at this show. Next time I watch a next time we do a pay per view and they're there, I'm gonna point it out to you because I'm just like you have to be aware of these people. Um, I might have like been I'm looking just, up nude pics of Marlena at this point. That's reasonable. That's fair. Yeah. 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 I mean, that it tends been to better. happen when I go back and watch these old pay per views. Yeah. Well, it would have been better than looking at the bald fuck in the pink. Right. Not as good as looking at Maven with those eyebrows, but, you know, <laughs> close. <laughs> those eyebrows. Wow. Um, yeah. So Goldust is working him over with the weapons. He pulls out a golden shovel that I assume Triple H must have misplaced <laughs> and uh, <laughs> works on him with that. Um, and they end up, um, the whole thing just goes crazy it's a short match um they hit each other with lids they do a double down and then spike runs in spike dudley runs in pins maven and i was like oh i forgot about the whole 24 7 24 7 rule yep yeah so he splits and then crash holly chases him out through the crowd and that's the end of the match new champion that's your we guess that's your yeah. first uh that's your first uh new champion for the no, hardcore. Rob Van Dam won the IC title. Or for, well, first, first, new, first hardcore. new hardcore champion. Sorry about it. Yes, yeah. the first yeah. of the hardcore champions. Yes. Yeah. Next is uh, Drowning Pool helping us tell the story of the main event. This was Husky Harris's WrestleMania debut. He was the lead singer for Drowning Pool, apparently. <laughs> oh my god, he does look like Husky Harris. You're right. Dude, as soon as he came on the screen, I'm like, oh my god, it's Bray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, oh my god, dude, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, they are there to tell the story of tonight's main event, which I was like, what? what yeah, what? Does, what does that even mean? And they play that awful fucking song of theirs. Um, I was never a big Saliva fan, but they had a couple songs that were okay, but this song was not okay. It was, um, I'm trying to find it. Um, yeah, they should have done I'm, interpretive dance or something. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, anything would have been better. I mean, right? honestly, Limp Biscuit would have been better than this fucking song. Uh, let's not get carried away, dude. All right, all right. Yeah. I think it's yeah, this, this is, song. This is, is your it? piss break moment or poutine break moment. It's this song. This yeah, is this, song, this song. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shitty fucking. I'll, I'll skip ahead. It's like. Imagine coming out during a show like this after a hardcore match and playing a song of this tempo. It, right. It's bringing down the crowd, dude. Yeah. But at this point, we're like an hour into the show and we some of us needed a piss break. So. Right. It's, it's like Chris Masters debuted. Like, it's awful. Like, it's that's not. <laughs> but guys, it's telling a story. <laughs> I don't even know what that meant. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. They're like, yeah. we, we paid these guys uh, to perform. Yeah. They're just going to go out and do it. Yeah. Um, but whatever. I mean, they're at least a decent band. Just I didn't like that song. I mean, it could have been fucking worse. You know? They're like, oh, Rotundo's kid has a band. Bring him in. We'll fucking pay him. <laughs> That's so fucking funny, dude. Anyways. Anybody, ever, oh, yeah. Everybody listen to this. Look that guy up. Look up Drowning. Is that guy dead? <laughs> he is, dude. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, after this epic storytelling, we head backstage where Crash and Spike are brawling. Al Snow tries to run him over with a golf cart. <laughs> That's crashes like, in the cardboard boxes. And he, and he crashes through a eight-foot wall of empty cardboard boxes because Conveniently what do you placed. do with your empty cardboard boxes? You leave them put together and stack them up. Stack them. Yeah. Yep. It looked like my garage during COVID when I was getting everything online. <laughs> a bunch of Amazon boxes. Yeah, it's like my garage is full of Amazon boxes. Like you could crash a golf cart through through my garage safely. 
that really shows a sign of the times back in the day you uh you rake leaves and then you jump into the pile now it's amazon boxes (laughs) now it's amazon boxes that's right that's right. Yeah, if anyone from AEW needs to go through a table, I've got a bunch of boxes <laughs> to put under it. Shit. Or Jericho needs to fall off a cage. <laughs> and then the Hurricane swings in on a goddamn rope, like fucking, um, like in Pitfall. In true yeah, superhero fashion. Yeah, and he takes out Spike and he disappears with the title. That's your, yeah. that's your second hardcore champion. Yep. yep. New champion, Hurricane. Yep. Next match is Kurt Angle versus Kane. And this was cool because I totally forgot about this. Angle buries the Canadian figure skating Olympics team because of that whole scandal they this had. This is less than a <laughs> this is a less than a, a month uh from that shit happening. So yeah. this is yeah, fresh. That's good heel shit. Yeah. Right. They got screwed over and it, it ended up the whole ultimately it's the whole French judge story. Yeah. Yeah, the French judge was like in cahoots with Russia. Was it Russia? Or I, right? I think so. Yeah. And ultimately, the Russian team and the Canadian team both ended up with the gold medal. Yes. Yeah, it was a whole fiasco. And, and Kurt Angle like comes out and buries him. And he's like, I didn't have to bitch and fucking cry to get my gold medal. Damn. <laughs> yeah. And he got mad heat. I mean, he got huge heat from the Canadian crowd for that. It was great. <laughs> um, JR points out that Angle won every singles title in his first two years. Which is fucking A, you know? Dude. That's good shit, pal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He also, Hall of Famer. Did, he also calls himself did, the big red, white, and blue machine. Yeah, right. <laughs> Creative. Um, he, clobbers, he clobbers Kane with the bell before the bell. Yes. Which was pretty cool. And it's it's just like the other match. The referee just starts the match. Like, oh, Kane's all fucked up from getting hit in the head with the bell. Ring it. Yeah, it's a good way to start it. Yeah. Um... So Angle starts off brawling, which is unusual for him, um, but he was good at it. And someone in the crowd has a sign that says, Brett is fat. <laughs> I mean, was and he was in 2002? Cool. I don't know. I don't no, know. Was, I don't know. Well, it was no, Brett, it was was talking, he was talking about his uh, friend back at home, not not it, Hitman. Oh, it was not that. the Brett. Yeah. No, it was Brett with two Ts. So it was a different Brett. Oh, a different Brett. Okay. It might have been Brett Butler. She was kind of fat. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Um... They're just beating on each other and Kurt's dominating, but it's just like a lot of it's they're both. I mean, Kane's a brawler anyway, but they're just both just beating each other, just hitting each other, but kicking each other, you know, like not doing anything, nothing fancy. Both just have long offensive bursts into this and then Angle hits a lot of suplexes. But that seems to like the trend. Like you, you take two minutes uh, on offense. I'll take two on offense, something like that. Yeah. Good back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good back and forth, but. When Angle's on top, Angle's on fucking top because he does the three German suplexes. Like, I actually wrote in my notes that Kane kind of looks like a jobber. Like, every time Kane tries to get something going on, Angle cuts him off and fucks him up in a, in a major way. Yeah. He can't pin him because he's Kane, but Angle's definitely the dominant one of this. Yeah. Um, he hits Kane with a top, line, uh, top rope clothesline. But he gets cocky and he takes a clothesline out of the second one. You know, he goes he goes into a second one. And he takes this, he he gets clotheslined. Um, we get a double down, and then Kane takes over. He hits a few big moves and then a power slam for a two count. Um, he goes for a choke slam, but Kirk grabs the rope, and you get a pretty big pop. The crowd was was kind of getting behind Angle at this point. Yep. Um, Kurt escapes a tombstone tombstone, and he fucks Kane's mask up. He like twists it. Um, so he can't see and he does an angle slam two count and then he takes the straps down now he's getting serious 
and he goes into an angle lock and um Kane gets to the ropes, and this is pretty cool. He gets to the ropes, Angle doesn't let go. Kane ends up climbing up the ropes and he hits an Enziguri on Kurt, which is like the most uncane like, thing, thing he's ever see. done. Right. That's you know, not I mean, something you see every day. No, I mean Kane would do the top rope clothesline, but the Enziguri, yes. I think, is is is, you know, I think that takes a little bit more to do. Like that was really cool. And I don't that might be the only time I've ever seen him do that. Yeah, somebody of uh, six foot seven size or foot mm-hmm. six seven size. Foot six seven. Yes. Right. You don't see somebody doing Enziguri when you're of that stature. Yeah. Yeah. Kane did it. Um, Kane goes for the top rope clothesline. Kurt does the badass toss. You know, tosses him off the way yeah. he did. Yeah. Um, he tosses uh, him off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and then um, he goes for an angle slam, but Kane reverses into a choke slam. But Kurt does like a roll deal and like kind of rolls him up and he um, goes for a pin, uses but he the doesn't ropes. get it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uses the ropes. Um, and now Kane's pissed. And um, how did that match? How did the match end? I didn't I, write I that think, down. I, no, I think that's that was it. I had Angle counters. A, oh, we did pin him. Counters a choke slam into a roll up and uses the ropes to stack Kane for the pinfall. Yeah, he used okay. his feet on the ropes. Yeah, yep. that's right. I forgot to write write that down. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so in true American fashion, hypocrite to his own words. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of a weird match because Kurt was so dominant for so long. Um, like they want to make him look strong, but then they have him win that way. You know. Yeah. Like Kane, yeah, but it kept his heel persona going. It did. It did. As far as persona, but as far as like how tough he is it yeah. didn't it didn't get that point across yeah but it was a good match i liked it yeah it was really good it's a very solid match mm-hmm. yeah next segment hurricane uh who is your current hardcore champion is trying to uh find coverage and hide from everybody gets behind a, a screen and holds a broom because uh superhero needs a a weapon to protect himself but the whole train comes in. He's holding the broom like his dick, yeah. right? Like he's got a boner. <laughs> it's very Austin awesome Powers chi- like. And the chicks, the chicks come in and they're showing each other their tits, like with their backs to the camera. Do you think and my like, tits are too big? Yeah, right. They're talking about that, and I was like, <laughs> and that was like, this is what Vince Russo thinks chicks talk about when, right. you know what I mean? when they're when they're in when it's only chicks in a room. This is what Vince Russo thinks is going on. Um. It was ridiculous. Is this really um, Vince Russo? Yeah. And then Godfather came in there. Yeah. Yeah. Chases him out. But chases him out. But Godfather wasn't even on the show. Why was he even here? Nope. And he was in full gimmick, too. Uh, yeah. Right. Unless there was a. Unless there was heat or pre show stuff. Yeah. It was just kind of goofy, you know? But yeah, it was fun. I mean, it, was it was more funny. to do like an Austin Powers skit, I think. You're right. It was very awesome powers. Yeah. 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 I think that yeah. was the whole point of this. Yeah. I mean, it was F- funny. I mean, th- do you want me to recreate that scene or? <laughs> Adam loves Austin Powers. <laughs> he does. I, I love Vanessa Kensington. love Austin Powers. Right. Yes. Elizabeth Hurley. Beauty. Mm-hmm. Beauty. Oh, yeah. Beauty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't, if it, anyone's an Elizabeth Hurley fan, check out a movie called Weight of Water. You're welcome. <laughs> and if you don't want to watch the whole movie, just Google Weight of Water Ice Cube. Or just go to Mr. Skin. Go to MrSkin.com. 
your next match is a no disqualification match. Undertaker versus Ric Flair. So the buildup for this is that Flair interfered in Undertaker's match at No Way Out. So in retaliation, he, uh, Taker wants a match with Flair at Mania. Flair doesn't want to. Undertaker's like, all right, let me s- I gotta see what I can do to change your mind. Boy, does he. <laughs> so he ends up beating the shit out of um, David. Arn Anderson and David. Yeah. Arn yeah. Anderson and David. Yeah, he fucks them up. So he's baits Flair into taking the match. Um, And this is when Flair had half control of the company. Yes. And, the 50% uh, the ownership. Board, yeah. So he decides to take the match. The board um, voted to take the half control of the company away from him if he had the match. Which was funny because I was like, a year ago, Vince had a WrestleMania match. And apparently he and Linda made up because Linda was the one handing down that decision, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, just, it was just like, you know, like a continuity issue. Like Vince last year had a match and they didn't take control from him. Yeah, they forgot the match. Dude, that's all. Right. Yeah, it's wrestling. And then we get into the match. This is yeah. my favorite version of The Undertaker. Also, wait, also really quick in those buildups when Flair does decide to accept the challenge, he gives himself color. Yeah. <laughs> that's right hard way too if i remember right yeah, yeah. spoiler like, alert yeah mm-hmm. undertaker you got your match <laughs> that's <not mania. laughs> he's a maniac i know um so at the beginning of the match jr says that taker is nine and oh and that's possibly the first mention of his record i'd have to yes. watch 17 but it was many i this is when i i i didn't become aware of it until this match Right. So I don't remember them ever talking about it. If they ever talked about it before this match, I missed it. No, I think this I was think really this the first it. mention of it. Okay. Um, so Flair is all business. He goes after Taker right away. He gets him inside um, and he tackles him. He gets and he like um, blindsides him, tackles him over the announce desk. He punches the fucking shit out of him. And then is that dude uh, behind the announce desk? Is that a basketball player? The dude who's marking out the big tall dude? Oh, I didn't recognize him. Okay, there's like a seven foot tall dude um, in like a basketball jersey and a headband. And I wonder if he played for the Raptors because a lot of times they'll put celebrities behind, you know, like he's in the Rick Rubin seat. Were the Raptors even a team in 2002? They were, yeah. but they were not relevant. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean he can't get a ticket. But, yeah. I so, mean, he could get, but I don't know. I mean, Raptors are not, were not a factor in the NBA. They were just a, the team that was there. Okay. So. okay, well, if he wasn't a basketball player, he was a big Ric Flair fan, and he was tall. Hmm. Um, um, so Flair's boxing Undertaker, which this is, like you said, this is your favorite Undertaker. Yes. When he was the American Badass, they kind of built him as like a street fighter almost, like a, yes. definitely a striker. And JR used to say he's like the best striker in the game and things right. like that. And Flair's like, I'm just going to go box this motherfucker, which was an interesting way to go about it. I thought. Yeah, probably the wrong way to go about it. <laughs> probably, yeah. Well, yeah, it turns out it was. Yeah. Um, he works him against the, he, he works him up against the ropes with punches and Taker takes a powder, which even for American Badass Undertaker, that's kind of, he doesn't do that a lot. You still know a I mean? heel, though. Still a heel still, working as a heel. Right, he's a heel working as a heel, but still, I mean, he's a foot taller Ric Flair and he's taking a powder. You yeah, know, like, I mean, look, you gotta, you gotta give him something. Because there he's wasn't making, a lot that Flair got in in this match. You had to give him something. Well, right. He's this making probably Flair look good. like sure. 75-25 on the offensive. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think Taker got potatoed because his cheek gets busted open. Right. Um, and then um, Taker catches Flair and he puts him in the corner and he beats on him. He goes for uh, Flair goes for the flip over the buckle, but he doesn't quite make it. You know, he shoots him into the opposite corner and he doesn't quite make it over the top turnbuckle. Yeah. Um, this is Flair's first match. We didn't talk about this. This first match since his match with Sting on the last Nitro, right? Oh, it is. I think it is. Oh, I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, because Flair's talked about how he like completely lost confidence in himself as a wrestler. Yes. yes. And this was what got it back. He went out there and had a good match with Taker. And um, he worked with Taker for a while. I think Undertaker had a ring at his house. And I think they probably worked together. I think he still had, I think he had the ring at his house this far back. Okay. Um, but yeah, this was his first, because when he came into WWE, he came in as part owner. He was like a, you know, front office guy. Right. So this was his first match in, well, a little over a year. That's so he wasn't that's true. He wasn't it was the, about yeah. that bash of the beach would be about this time. Yeah. Right right before the previous WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so he doesn't make it over the he doesn't make the flip over the turnbuckle, or, but he goes for it a second time and then he does get it. That beach yeah. side, whatever. But yeah. And now now he's outside and one of my I think maybe my favorite part of the match is Taker says to him, Now we go to school. Yep. Yep. And Taker proceeds to beat the fucking shit out of Ric Flair. Dude. He takes him to yeah. school. Yeah. Immediately, Flair is b- bleeding, if you can believe that. Yep. <laughs> what? And he takes like a million punches. Like Undertaker's just punching Stiff. him. He's not doing moves. He's just punching him in the face over and over. It's like a fucking snuff film, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Drago and Apollo. Right, right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yep. At this point, when we were there, Chow yelled, you're killing him. <laughs> and like the whole our whole section popped because it was like kind of like an uncomfortable silence yeah in the crowd at this point yeah because he's and murdering whole, an old like, person yeah and like a 20 person radius around us popped because they all heard him yell that <laughs> and i to this day still yell that it shows when something like this happens <laughs> love it yeah um flair gets some chops in and undertaker i don't know if everybody knows this, but undertaker does not take chops oh like go find an Undertaker match where he takes some chops. He doesn't. He just doesn't take chops. But he did in this match. He's like, yeah, it's a nature boy. I'll take some chops. Interesting. Okay. It would be an honor. Know, knowing what he's who he's working with. There we go. Yeah. Um, Undertaker does a top rope suplex. Is that the only time he did that? Did he do that as American Badass? And I don't remember. Or was, was this like I, the one time he did it that? It might be. I'd have to go back and look at some of his like his his bigger matches that he had, but I don't remember him doing that move. It was more of like a brawling style, and then his finishers could be the the wrestling the technique. Last ride, yeah. right? But I don't remember him doing the top rope yeah, suplex. Probably not. No, dude. Yeah, um, they get so Taker gets on top of Flair and he's rubbing his forearm across his face. He's doing that spot, and Flair gets up and he yells something fucking something like you hear him yell something fucking did you catch that no like he was swearing he yelled something fucking and he throws a couple chops at taker and i was wondering if that was a receipt did taker stiff him because whatever it was flair was yelling fuck fucking something interesting no Hmm. i didn't catch that yeah okay um taker goes for snake eyes he talks shit before he hits it and he gets jerked off the top rope (laughs) 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 <laughs> um and then taker gets a lead pipe and he starts fucking flare up with that and um flare grabs a sign from the rail like the rail on the aisle and he hits taker with it's that a now keep it turns off into a sign 
and he, keep off and he hits Taker in the face, and now yeah. now his forehead is the forehead blood is covering his face. Also, like by this point in the match, he, Flair's been bleeding so much it's now gelled a bit and it's holding up his hair. <laughs> right, God. right. Like he's got moose, I know. moose in his hair. <laughs> Yeah, um, Flair's a redhead. Yeah, so, um, yeah, like they're hitting each other with shit. Suddenly, it's like an Al Snow match, <laughs> and um, they get back inside. Taker hits a choke slam, and he goes for the first pin of the match. And we're like ten minutes into the match, like nobody's gone for a pin yet. Um, and then um, Taker goes for another pin, gets a two count, and then he takes the ref out. He gets pissed. He's like, "Fuck you, referee!" And he, I can't remember if he, I think he kicked him. Right? Did he kick the referee? I think he kicked or him. Yeah, yeah, right. He's like, "Fuck you!" Like he's just like, "I just want to kill this guy. I don't need a referee for that." Yeah, he, fuck it. Yeah. Um. And at this point, Flair shoots Undertaker in the ropes. Arn Anderson dives into the ring. We don't even see him come down the aisle. He's just suddenly in the ring and he hits a spine buster. Spine buster, yeah. And he hit, and Arn Anderson still for being retired still had that spine buster, dude. The best of all time. Yeah, it looked incredible. Yeah, Triple H does the same move, but Arn did it better. Way better. Yeah, it seems like a yeah. lot of more, a lot more force bringing the guy down instead of following through with the motion when he mm-hmm. does it. It looks it's stiff uh, bringing the body down. After the yeah. yeah, after the count, after the count, while still uh, seated or on his ass, uh, Arn Anderson by this point is outside of the ring. Undertaker, Undertaker punches the fuck out of him, gives him color. T- yeah, right. He's so, like yeah, not Arn's even not in even- a cocking up motion, <laughs> but still, still, he's just seated on there. Fuck, he just interfered for bitch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so to get into the finish, um, Undertaker goes for a last ride and Flair doesn't get up all the way. Like he doesn't, because to take that move, you have to do like a pretty s- serious sit-up. He doesn't make it. And then he goes for another one. He's like, I'm gonna try it again, but Flair sandbags him. Like Flair knows he can't get up a second time. Yeah. So Taker hits a tombstone for the win. Yeah, given Flair's age, we'll we'll give him a pass for not being able to get. Yeah, he's up. like, no, 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 no. I can't do it. I can't. Don't try again. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work this time either. Right. Um. Just tombstone me, brother. <laughs> um. Great match. Great story. Great way to get Flair back into the ring. Even though we're a couple, there were a couple hiccups. You know. Um. But you would expect that for a guy that age who hasn't had a match in a year. Right. Exactly. Um. And looking on, if you look at what they did in the match in this. A lot of matches you could say this about, um, and we'll get into it on other pay-per-views we're going to review because I have some matches in mine. This is a great match. This is a match that if you think you need to do a lot of fancy moves to have a good match, go watch this one. There were five moves in this match. A superplex, a sidewalk slam, a figure four, a choke slam, and a tombstone. Ric Flair only did one move. He did the figure four. So there wasn't a lot going on in this match. It was mostly punches and shots into the corner and things like that. But they told a hell of a story. But they told a, a hell, hell of a story. Of a it was a no great DQ match. match. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a perfect example of a good match not needing a million fancy moves to be good. Yep. Exactly. And also like the right kind of match to help uh, help end the story that started at No Way Out with Flair's circumstances with the board and whatever. He says, I'm going to put myself through hell and go after The Undertaker. This was the right match. You can't really tell that with a clean one-on-one match. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Also, also, in the middle of the match, uh, th- at some point, uh, there's blood dripping on the camera. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that I don't. I'm not little, sure whose it was. It doesn't matter. It's eerie. Um, yeah. Jr. calls Taker Booger Red. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know what that means. I never did. Uh, I don't think he even really answered King when he was asking. Uh, clotheslines uh, Charles Robinson after winning, and then <laughs> and then of like the most famous thing to identify the streak throws up the ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. love exactly. it. Fucking love it. Yep. And being at the show, I didn't hear Jr. say he was nine and zero, but I saw the ten. And then it kind of occurred to me. Like, I remember being there. I was like, what's the 10? What's 10? I was like, oh, fuck. I start thinking back. I was like, he's 10 yeah. and oh, fuck. Yep. Undefeated. Yeah. yeah. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. The next match is Booker T versus Edge. The shampoo uh, match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This match was because Edge got a endorsement deal for a shampoo in Japan instead of Booker T. Right. Someone somehow became aware of celebrities getting huge money to endorse products in Japan. And even though most people aren't aware of that phenomenon, someone decided to book a match based around it. Are we sure this didn't happen in Rio de Janeiro? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's where, where a lot of the mythical things happened. Oh yeah, know? that would have been way funnier. Actually, that would have been a great little like Easter egg a for nod. the heart, yeah, for the smart fans. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, okay, it's nine thirty tonight, and Scott's bedtime is coming up soon. So I'm gonna just tell you what I'm gonna take this match, and I'm gonna run right through it because this is probably the least important match of the night. And yeah, we have quite a few, which more, is so shocking not- because it's two Hall of Famers. Two all-famers, yeah. Two of my all-time favorites, too. You know how much I love Booker T, and I love Edge probably right. even more. Right. Um, but we're an hour into this, and we're trying not to go two hours, so I'm going to run right through this. So I'm just going to... I'll summarize this very quickly. Um, someone has a sign that says, Booker T stole my wallet. Edge <laughs> comes out to... Edge comes out to never going to stop. This is before we knew that Booker T ripped off a... Uh, like, uh, robbed a Wendy's, too. So this is a guy yeah. just... We didn't find out until 19. T- Right, this is a guy with a sign just saying the black guy stole my wallet. Ooh, um, right. Right. Um, Edge Not comes clever, out to by never- the way. Come on. Yeah, right. Oh, no, you could come up. I could come up with a way better joke. Um, Edge comes up, comes out to never going to stop, which I forgot he used that. Yep, Rob Zombie. Edge, w- Edge was at WrestleMania 6. Someone has a sign says they are fighting over shampoo. <laughs> yep. Booker, Booker kicks his ass early on. He's very angry. Booker does a missile drop kick. I forgot he did that move. Alabama slam long time for the heel to be on top edge crotches crotches book up top outsmarts him while commentators are calling him dumb um, <laughs> because this is when Booker T was dumb because he'd been on um, um what the hell is the name of that show weakest link oh That's yeah. right and and he thought Thanksgiving was in October um so like then they were like they turned him dumb and he start, then he started wearing glasses to prove he was smart well um, he wrote a thesis on Einstein's theory of relatives relatives yeah Sounds like something um, George Santos would say. This match. Yes. Um, uh, her, the, uh, Hurricane Rana and Booker lands on top of Edge. Oops. Booker misses a scissors kick and Edge hits that like reverse X Factor thing, which I don't know what it's called, and a spinning heel kick, frothy top, and gets a two, which frothy top has to be a typo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no idea what frothy top, top is. Frothy he finished top. on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Edge misses a spear and Booker does the spin a Rooney and hits a scissor kick and for some reason takes forever to pin him. No real reason he should be slow, but I think he was protecting the finisher. 
Edge hits a spear and does a wider Rooney. <laughs> Quick exchange and Edge <laughs> wins with the execution, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And it was a good match. I I, I hate to rush through it like that, but we're pressed for time because uh, we got started late. When it had but, no build, uh, there's nothing to like. There was no incentive to this match. There was no I mean, build to it. You're right. They literally it, were fighting over shampoo. It was, so it wasn't even yeah. a contract on the line or something. Yeah, it was like the writers were like, oh shit, we have Edge and Booker T with nothing to do. Fuck it, throw them together. And uh, yeah, they're going to fight over shampoo. Yeah, I mean, it really was the least important match. Totally. There was nothing to it. Yeah. And I might run through the tag match later like that, but we'll see. We'll That's see okay. how we're doing. Yeah. And on to the next one. Also, uh, for RVD's theme and Edge's theme, you could buy that uh, on WWF Forcible Entry, available wherever you get your CDs. All right. Because <laughs> they had that graphic to get it. <laughs> uh, next, uh, Coach uh, interviews Hurricane in the parking garage. <laughs> You're right, dude. <laughs> oh, Scott killed me with that. <laughs> uh, is, is 20, 21 years I've been hearing about that CD and I never thought, thought about the connotation of it. <laughs> wow, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> it only cost you $3 million. I'll never look at that CD the same. You know, I bought an iPod um, Nano one time from this dude on Craigslist. I met him at Kmart and uh, he showed up with it and I started looking, I, you know, I'm making sure it works before I give him the money for it. I gave him like 40 bucks or whatever. Yeah. And it was full of the forcible entry songs. Nice. Sick. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're a wrestling fan? He's like, yeah, totally, dude. And he was like, yeah, he had like Edge's song and Booker and all that. Yeah. Nice. Like, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. That's a, that's a good uh, Craigslist transaction. Um, yeah. In the in the parking garage, coach. I had another. I had another one. I had another one a few years before that that an ambulance became involved. But I'll tell you guys that. Oh um, shit! Off the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take that off the air. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm intrigued. Uh, Mighty Molly. I, I've seen things. Mighty Molly shows up during the interview and uh, says that Hurricane uh, and uh, she need to bounce, but clocks him in the head, tangled style with the. With the frying pan. A frying pan. Yeah. A frying yeah. pan. Like yeah, cast she's iron to... lays his ass out. Yeah, she's she's trying to do murder. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Undertaker murdered two older guys earlier. So fuck it. She's <laughs> yeah. gonna do the same thing. Well, it's a very prestigious title. It is, dude. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But anyways, she gets uh, the pinfall. She is your new hardcore champion. And that's three. <laughs> yes. Yep. The Your next match is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Scott Hall. Did you notice that when Nash got into the ring before the match, he stepped over the top rope and to the shock of the entire stadium did not tear his quad? <laughs> <laughs> I was amazed. I was amazed. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, he doesn't usually do that. Right, exactly. He right, managed yeah. to avoid injury. I was yeah. shocked. Yeah, I mean, his quads are made of, like, paper or something. Right, right. He earned <laughs> his contract that night. <laughs> yeah. Pay me, Vince. <laughs> um, I don't know how well-known it is, but Austin was pissed about this match. Yeah, he was. Um, and we covered this on the Austin Goes Home, whatever it was called, Austin Quits episode. Yep. But he was pissed about this match. He didn't think he should be working with Hall. Um, and nobody thought Hall was in the kind of shape he should have been in for a match like this. Right. 
and Austin just thought he deserved a more prominent place because he had main evented um, the previous year. The year before that, he was out with an injury, but he main evented the two years before that. So he's on three main events in a row, not counting the year that he was out on injury. So he's like, really? You're going to put me in? This guy just came back to the company. He's not capable of having the match I would want to have with him. And this is who I have to work with. I mean, Austin isn't wrong because if he was getting Hall in his prime. Yeah. Dude, this is a dream match. Right. In all honesty, this is Razor Ramon slash Scott Hall versus Stone Cold Steve. This is a fucking dream match, dude. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately, Hall was not in his prime. But here's the thing about Hall. I watching this, even knowing this, I could barely see that. That's how goddamn good he was. Do you know what I mean? Like you're not wrong. Yes. Even when he wasn't great. Or even when he wasn't at his best, he was great. I yes, never saw him. I agree. I never saw him seem to be blown up, or I got to take a dive out of the ring to catch my breath, or anything like that. Like yes. he worked his. A- I thought he worked his ass off in the match, and I thought it was a really good match. I agree um, with you. Yes, but unfortunately, the finish of it. I think this is honestly the night that killed the NWO. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was. So okay, we'll get to that. Um, so my first note is Hall looks great. Imagine not being at your best and looking that fucking good. Dude, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even at maybe like not his worst, but definitely not his best. Still right. looks better than like three quarters of the roster. He looked fucking incredible. Yeah, I mean he yeah. almost had he had he didn't have a six pack, but he had abs, you know, and big fucking arms and shoulders. And could still he go had- in the ring, man. His worked punch is one of the best ever. And he had that razor fucking swagger. You know yes, what I mean? Exactly. Um, yeah. And the the next note I have after that. Um, we lost. Adam. Is uh, he's there, but he's like moving the phone around or something. Like I see his armpit. Okay. He's back. He's back. Um, the first note I have is his punches are fucking great. Yep. And you had to look really hard to see him slap his leg because right. you can hear the punch. And if you really, really look for it, you can see him slap his leg, but you have to really look for it. One of the best um, work punches of all time, dude. Yeah, exactly. And he took a couple chops right before that. And for a second, I was like, man, were those receipts for the chops he took? Right. But then I rewound it and I saw him. So, I mean, that's how you're, you're absolutely, he might, it might be like him and Lawler might have the two best. Yeah. Yeah. Jake's was really good too. I think Hall's mm-hmm. a little bit better. And uh, Michael Hayes. And Michael Hayes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin's killing him. Nash takes a powder. Um, and then he finally takes his vest off because they kind of jumped the bell. Yeah. Um, Austin gets out of the ring and he immediately takes Nash out from behind. Yeah. Which Nash hasn't done shit, you know. But he stepped over um, the top rope, didn't tear his quad. Yeah. He did that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I mean, he hadn't done anything to Austin. Right, right, right. Um, Hall ends up taking control. He chokes Austin over the middle rope. And when the referee um, backs him up, you know, at the five count, uh, Nash decks his ass. Yep. Which I was like, that's fair. Yeah. You know, after <laughs> yeah, he did Austin take him out. Behind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Austin catches Hall on a spine buster. Um, and I, I saw Hall calling that. I actually saw him calling that. Um, which I very rarely see guys call moves, especially veterans like that. But I could, I don't know what it was. And I was like, maybe that's where Hall is underperforming. I could just kind of see him lazily calling a move. Yeah. Um, but that was it. Um, and I was surprised because I've heard Austin on his podcast say that he would usually call the moves because his hearing was fucked. 
Oh, interesting. So, mm. yeah. So, like, yeah, I thought that was, I was like, oh, I never would have thought about that. But he was like, yeah, I, I couldn't hear guys calling spots to me, so I would call them all. Interesting. Well, Razor was a longer tenured vet than Stone Cold at this point, so maybe he yeah. just kind of deferred to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get a stunner out of nowhere, and Nash pulls the referee out of the ring and levels his ass, just fucking clobbers him. He does the, like, um, the form that he gave to Virgil, like, 25 times in the yeah. Royal Rumble. <laughs> and uh, drops his ass, and then he goes after Austin, and um, he grabs Austin. Hall goes for a chair shot. Austin hits a low blow with his leg, you know, behind him to yeah. Nash. Stunners them both. Um, another referee runs in to make the count, and Nash drops an elbow on him, which was I laughed my ass off when that happened. <laughs> that was so funny. Nash dropped an elbow on a referee, that big motherfucker, <laughs> on a referee, like on the back of his head. Didn't injure himself um, either. Kudos to Nash, dude. Yeah, yeah, he got through this injury free. He did. Um, then you get a bunch of referees out there to get rid of Nash. Um, so all the referees are yelling at Nash, and it looks like when all the midgets ganged up on Bundy at three. <laughs> 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 um, back in the ring, you get a stunner to Hall. Hall shoots Austin into the exposed turnbuckle, which I forgot to mention. Um, Nash had taken the turnbuckle cover off earlier. Um, and for some reason, Tim White like slowly crawls into count instead of one of the other referees who were not fucked up. Um, and then after that, you get Stone Cold hitting a stunner. Hall sells it like he's the rock. And it's like there are memes of it and videos of it on Instagram yes. and, and shit. Yeah, he must have he must have been four and a half feet off the ground. Because he, he stole the shit. He out of doesn't you get down on his knees. He no, he bounces yeah. off of him. Yeah. If he'd been closer to the top rope, he might have gone over the top rope. He bounced so high. Yeah, from that stunner. <laughs> and uh, Austin wins. Yep. Hall took four stunners in this match. Yeah, four stunners. Yeah. And I thought it was a. I really, really liked this match. I thought that, you know there were some bells and whistles with all the referees and Hall and Nash getting involved. Um, and maybe that was by design. Maybe Hall couldn't do as much as he could have, so they they covered it up. But if that's the case, they did a great job of covering it up because I thought it was a really good match. So when this finish took place, I thought for sure Hogan was winning because there's no way that you bring the NWO in two months previous to this mm -hmm. and you have both of their members lose their WrestleMania matches. I thought there exactly. was no way that was going to happen. Hogan was beating The Rock for sure. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Next, we have a montage for access to open uh, access. Edge and Lita are at the rope cutting. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, and so yeah, and then they show that statue of Stacy's seventy-two inch legs and ass, and it's just like really weird. Fans are you know what I mean? Statue of chicks it? legs yeah. and ass. Yeah, they like, bronzed it. What the fuck. Yeah, they bronzed her. Yeah, and her ass is like she's in a mini skirt, so you can see like the lower part of her ass. But yes. she's bent, but she's bent over. Like and you, enough like, falling out. Yeah, yeah where is, is that now? Who has that? Oh, it's in Vince's apartment. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Clooney, you can keep her ruthless aggression. <laughs> so he's got uh, um, dinosaur jaw in the office. Keebler's legs in. At home. Got it. Got it. <laughs> also, Triple H uh, does, he gets on the table to meet fans and he does the mist, but uh, he just practically spits on the front row. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, oh, like yeah, even I, yeah. I know how to do the miss. He just, that that was a botched miss, miss to yeah. blow. It was more yeah. like a Gallagher show. <laughs> <laughs> or Guar show. Right, right. And then uh, Bradshaw jokes that some of the fans that are meeting him were already drinking. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's probably not wrong. Yeah. Definitely not. It, it is this, Canada. And this is where you see really like the first shot of Hogan being just amazingly fucking over with the Canadian crowd mm-hmm, was the access mm-hmm. shot. He's supposed like you could mm-hmm. you could just see it. He's supposed to be the poison to drop to yes. to kill the WWF, as yes. Vince mentioned, but oh but they are losing his shit over Hogan. You think Hogan yeah. was from shit. Canada, yeah. dude? Like he's a fucking hero. Yeah, right. Yeah, they love him more than they love Bret Hart. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure Hogan has a great explanation cl- about why he is from Canada, actually, brother. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I wrestled so much in Canada, they may be an honorary citizen, brother. <laughs> Your next match is the Four Corners Elimination Match for the WWF Tag Team Championship. The Hardy Boys versus the Dudley Boys with Stacy Keebler. Versus the APA versus the champions, uh, not them, but the, against the champions, Billy and Chuck. Uh, and Eddie, for the record, who did you want to win this match? Billy and Chuck, because I always want Billy and Chuck to win, so I get to hear the song twice. So, also, really quick, in the match card where they all do their poses and then the freeze frame and all that stuff, Billy checks out Chuck's ass. And then he looks back at the camera, which really shows that he truly and will always be an ass man. (laughs) He loves. I I really don't. I don't know if you two noticed that, but it's it's just amazing. (laughs) It's his favorite. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I haven't watched a show in a few years, and I totally forgot about this match. I did too. I I only remember it because of you telling me. You wanted Chuck and Billy to win this so you could hear their song two times. <laughs> I, I told you that the following year, too. Yes, you did. <laughs> At 19. Yeah. Um, the Dudleys get played to the ring by Saliva, and they play the whole fucking song for no reason. Right. Um, Stacy's legs are Lawler's favorite team. <laughs> per, per Jerry Lawler. Right. Um, the cameras seem to forget that there were two Hardys when they came out. Like, they were zoomed in on, I think, only Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Like the camera guy fucked up. It was weird, dude. He was like zoomed in. It was he was doing a one shot, yeah, and he had to like, zoom oops. out for a two shot. Yeah, yeah it was oops, weird. A tag team match. Sorry. Um and um yeah. Also, this I, I had in my notes. This is probably the first time I heard Billy and Chuck's music live. Oh, Ooh. okay, that makes sense. Which makes it even more of a special occasion for me. Right. St. Patrick's Day, my first time in Canada, and um, the beginning of my street, and, and Billy and Chuck's, my first time hearing and Billy and Chuck's music. And you look so good to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to go through this one fairly quickly, too, because I know we're going to spend a lot of time on The Rock and Hogan. Um, do you want to just go to the finish? <laughs> Well, yeah, APA's out first. After a Hit 3D. some highlights. Hit some highlights. Hit, tell you what, Scott, hit some highlights while I pee. Yeah, go do your thing. Okay, thanks. So APA gets eliminated first after a 3D. Uh, Chuck kind of botches taking a double DDT from the Hardy Boys. He ends up doing kind of a handstand out of the DDT. It looks kind of bad. I thought I thought it was one of those, like, that's his way to avoid the DDT. Like, get your hands down so your head doesn't hit. I, I forget who 
did it very recently. I thought that was like the greatest counter, but I guess. But that he took wasn't it and sold it like he like he like took he the did move, hit so. get yeah. Yeah, so it was a botch. Uh, Jeff Hardy slaps Stacy's ass, and he kisses her. Which, Without consent, so... Right. Uh, so I'll take shit that wouldn't fly in 2023 for $200, Alex. Uh, this kind of turns into a Dudley's versus Hardy's match. Uh, Dudley's get hit with a swanton, so they're out. Uh, they hit a rocker dropper, nice near fall. Ultimately, Jeff gets hit with a belt. Billy and Chuck win. And Eddie gets his wish of hearing their theme song twice. I bet, I bet it was... Uh... He was just secretly trying to communicate to Chow how he really felt. And so <laughs> and so he's just thankful for Billy and Chuck for uh, aiding him with that. Because, and I know that Eddie has mentioned this before. Eventually, we're going to get Chow on this show. We are, yes. Yeah, just like Chow, Chow's a trip. And uh, I, I could definitely see Eddie like flowers and roses and shit and... Oh, yeah. yeah. I, a word on the street is Eddie actually serenaded Chow with Chuck and Billy's song in the hotel room at the Sky Dome <laughs> in the window. And for, That's just word on the street. I don't know if it's true. In front of 60,000, brother. <laughs> in front of 68,000, we bang, brother. Right. He'll be so proud. Of what? Uh, the way we describe that match. We're done. Yeah. Okay. I'll listen to it tomorrow. Yeah. You'll love yeah, it. Yeah, just You're straight to the point. All right. I like that. Uh, I'm trying to get you to bed, Scott. I know. I can tell. Yeah. I mean, you're almost 50, and it's it's almost bow, 10 o'clock. Bow, like, bow, it's not bow. even almost 50. Like, dude, I'm right on the doorstep. <laughs> yeah, that's... Well, you're 49. You just turned 49 a couple weeks ago. I did. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to be long. Yeah, no, it's not. So, yeah, no. I, I, can, I can only imagine how tired you are. <laughs> and in how much pain... <laughs> yeah, remember right, I, right. I walk like the penguin from Batman Returns when I get up to pee in the middle of the night. That's true. Dragging that's true. a leg behind me it sucks. Yeah. Well, good thing is you're getting close to this all being over. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Scott Hall <laughs> yeah. and uh, Kevin Nash are backstage bitching about the loss to Austin. Hogan says that he needs to go out to the ring alone. So it's going to be a straight up clean one on one match. Per se, and they're not happy about it. Yeah. Uh, Mo- Mighty Molly is uh, trying to run for cover. She gets hit in the head with the upper half of a door by Chris <laughs> by Christian. <laughs> yeah. And then... It's like a saloon door. Yeah, one of, one <laughs> yeah, of those. Yeah, a double door. Uh, he, uh, he pins her for, uh, for a win. That is four hardcore championship uh, title exchanges. Uh, and now, here we go. This is a dream match. Past versus present and build as icon versus icon. The Rock versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Do you think that if they could go back, they being WWE decision makers, namely Vince, they could go back and change one card to flip a match to be the main event. Do you think it would be 18? If I could, it would be that. I would too. Yes. Yeah, I've Me heard three. them say like, um, I, I forget, maybe it was on that WrestleMania documentary they put out on DVD maybe 10 years ago. Um, and Vince said, 
He basically said he thinks that the world title match should always close WrestleMania. But there was one. I mean, WrestleMania one, they didn't do that. No, they did not. Um, and I swear that's not the only one. I think there was a well, t- uh, twenty eight. They didn't do that. So yeah. Or I'm sorry, no. T- yeah, twenty eight. Rock and Cena. Yeah, Rock and Cena. Um, right. so, Eleven. I mean, Eleven, they didn't do that. You're yeah, right. Eleven, yeah. that's right. Eleven mm-hmm. was a goddamn celebrity match, which if they were to do that same match now, it would go on like fourth to last. Good memory, Adam. And you know what? Technically, The Rock is a celebrity at this point. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. there's well, been a precedent okay. Okay. for a celebrity mm-hmm. to headline a WrestleMania. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like that was not a. Yeah, exactly. So twice previous to this, the world title match didn't go on last. Uh, yeah. To be fair, one didn't have a title match. But, right, but still, um, it was, yeah. yeah. So I disagree with Vince on, um, you know, principle on that. I think this match should have gone on last, absolutely, and I, I guarantee you, Triple H and Jericho th- probably think it should have gone on last, a hundred percent. Yeah, or or Jer or, or Triple H might think that anyway. This was Jericho's only main event match. Uh, it wasn't Triple H's only one, so maybe Jericho is like, no, Triple H would be like, yeah, who knows? But um. It should have been the last match of the night. It was the biggest match of the fucking year. Honestly, it was probably the biggest match of the decade. They should have smelled this coming, though. That's the thing Mm -hmm. I want to keep driving home is they should have smelled this coming with all of the fan reaction to Hogan in Toronto. They had to know this was going to be where the crowd got the biggest pop of the night. Yeah, for sure. Or let go of the biggest pop of that. Like, this was the match, dude. It was the match. This was exact. Absolutely. Same with um Sean and Undertaker at 25. That was the match everyone was there for. Now, I don't know, <coughs> excuse me, if I put the title match here instead, maybe I put the title match smack dab in the middle of the card. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't lead it off, but maybe smack dab in the middle and then this be your main event regardless yeah you could tell during the course of this match the crowd was going to be exhausted at the conclusion of it and we and we were we absolutely, absolutely. were yes yeah you were spent. emotionally drained yeah right you like had nothing left right um luckily you end up with a kind of match after to kind of give you a break yes um which was good booking and we'll get to that match um but yeah, but, absolutely. But, sure but still, last. trying to fuck after your first pop, that's hard. <laughs> it's like, no, it's go, go, go for your kablamo and uh, be in bed. Yeah, just... <laughs> I can get Chris in here to verify I, that, by the way. Really, that's okay, dude. We're, we're fine. Don't... Yeah. yeah. Um... So Vin, so I re- watched some uh, videos of The Rock talking about this. I read Hogan's book when he talked about this. Like I did, I mean that was years ago, but um, I put a lot of work into researching this match, and I suggested to you, Scott, that this match should get its own episode. Um, you didn't want to do that because it would have been weird, and you're right; it would have been weird to leave it out from this pay per view. Kind of a dick move um, to the listeners. Like they're probably only tuning in for this match. Yeah, right. You're, you're totally right. But then I thought maybe we could start doing some episodes like that, like take a big, big match and do a podcast completely about one match. Um, and I think that'd be kind of cool going forward. Uh, we didn't mention that to Adam, but I think we might do a couple of those going forward and see how it goes. Much like the this Molina one, match that we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, oh, that was 100% so much, deserving. Yeah, there was absolutely. so much. There's so much going on around this match. Um 
as far as what happened in the ring and leading up to it, blah, blah, blah. We, we could have spent an hour talking about just this match, but I don't want to do that. Um, so to get into the background of it, Vince asked The Rock six months before this what he thought about bringing Hogan in. And The Rock said, well, what's everybody else think? And he said, it's kind of mixed. The locker room is sort of mixed about bringing him in. And The Rock said, well, I wouldn't mind wrestling him at WrestleMania. And Vince said, yeah, I was already thinking of that. And The Rock said, bring him in. Mm-hmm. So Rock weighed in on this decision. And it was with, like, so from the time they brought in Hogan, this was the plan. Um, and The Rock was all in on it. Um, start off with the awesome video package as always. Hogan explaining that he's the biggest star of all time. And the pop for Hogan when he comes out is fucking insane. It's electric, dude. It's like fucking 1990 all over again. It, it, that's exactly what it felt like being there. It felt like when I was a kid seeing him like when I was 10, 12 years old. Yes. It was just like that. Um, and um, they go crazy for The Rock too, but it's more booze than it is cheering. You it's can a hear lot it. of you fucking booze. Even in watching back on the network, you can hear the split crowd on The Rock. And it was just, I've never heard a louder crowd in my life. You know, and I was upstairs and I've always heard that the sound goes up and the guys in the ring don't hear it very well because when you're in a dome or a big stadium like that and being up there at the top of that place, it was loud as shit. Yeah. I mean, it was, I've never been, I've never to this day been in a crowd like that. And I probably never will again. Cause I don't, this isn't something. And you you've recreate. been to anthrax you know shows. I mean? Right. <laughs> I've been to anthrax <laughs> shows. Yeah. Um, I and mean, all, there are two all, guys, all other sorts of, but yeah. Like if you look at guys who could have a match today, there aren't two guys like this, you know, Rock Even and Roman, Roman Reigns and The Rock would not that draw would, a reaction like what Hogan and Rock had. That'd be the closest thing to it. And I was there for Rock and Cena both times, and it was nothing like this. Rock no, and Hogan dude. was it. Yeah, yeah, it was the hottest match I've ever, hottest crowd I've ever heard. Um, and they wouldn't calm down. They do a stare down after the bell rings, and the crowd just gets louder and louder and louder. And um, that sign from the bus stop is there with the Hogan face. Yes, with right? the Hogan the, face. Yes, yeah, somebody the, brought that back. From 1990, from dude. That's incredible. They, yeah, someone stole that from a bus stop and hung yep. on to it for 12 years. Yeah. And, the cri- and, brought, and got floor seats again and brought it. Right. Dude, the face-off when they're in the ring, and mm-hmm. they're just literally like they're each looking at the crowd, and the crowd is just losing their shit. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it's one of the greatest moments in wrestling history. It really is. It really is. And I mean, it's that's, like not, that's not an over-exaggeration. That is legit one of the greatest moments in wrestling history. It's like the Hogan-Andre stare down. Yes. At 100%. You know? Yes. Yeah. That would have been the closest thing to it. Because even back in the day, you'd have like a Rogers, um, Buddy Rogers and O'Connor in Chicago in the 60s. And they didn't do this kind of thing. They just, those guys didn't get there and stare each other down. You and know you're not I mean? getting a crowd reaction like that either. Right. This is a mo- more of a modern thing. Yes. And uh, even those two guys, as great as they were and legendary as they were, they weren't these guys. You know what I mean? Right. And look, everybody at this point, 2002, they're smart to the business. They know what the fuck is going on. They know this shit's already scripted. They know that people in the back already know who's going to win. The best yeah. part about this is nobody gave a fuck. They were caught up in the moment, and it was the electricity of Hogan and Rock facing off Icon versus Icon. We're going to suspend disbelief. We don't know what's going to happen. We are just here for the moment. Even me, yeah. in my case, like I understood that there was a lot more in this, which uh, or there's a lot more emotional engagement in this as well, because you're practic mm-hmm. you're practically seeing. The whole LeBron versus MJ debate. Yes. Before yes. before such debate, but you're actually seeing 
the perfect example happening. Yeah. So there's so exactly. there's so many psychological factors going into this. Yeah, was yeah. Hogan in his prime? No. But he was good enough to where you could still legitimately call this icon versus icon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um so they lock up and Hogan pushes Rock on his ass. Hogan in into the corner. Hogan does the flexing, the posing, and he says bring it. The Rock gives him a look and there are two different sides of the story. Hogan says that a few minutes into the match, he locked up with The Rock or said to The Rock, we need to turn this match around. Follow me. Um, the Rock says that when he got pushed, he said he knew what was going on, where the crowd was against him. And when he popped up from getting pushed into the corner, he gave, gave Hogan a look like, oh, fuck you, motherfucker. You just embarrassed me. Now I'm going to fucking whip your ass. Yeah, like he and switched he said, to heel mode. And, and if you watch the match, that's exactly what happened. Rock side, and I t- watched uh, really closely trying to find Hogan talking to Rock to say that. And I even tried to watch Hogan telling the ref to tell Rock that, and I couldn't find that. Mm-hmm. So Rock's telling the truth. Hogan's lying again. Hogan didn't tell what? Rock. He did, Hogan didn't tell Rock, follow me and I'll get you through this, brother. That doesn't Rock, sound like Hogan to tell a lie. Yeah, right. Rock knew exactly what was going on. And yeah. with that first fucking lockup, Rock turned himself into a heel. He gave him this fucking shit head look like, oh, fuck you, motherfucker. You know? Yeah. And in Rock's head, he was telling the crowd, it's okay. You can boo me and cheer him. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. He was giving us the, us the okay. Like, I'm going to be the heel tonight. Yes, exactly. Um, it's okay. Um, so, um, JR says it's a miss. There's a mixed reaction from the crowd. No, it there's wasn't. not. No, it was 90, 10, dude. If that yeah. Hogan tells rock, you ain't nothing meatball. Um, <laughs> he called, he called Rocky Balboa meatball. Yeah, Rocky, exactly. Right? He brought it was Rocky so into it. And I, yeah. as many times as I watched this match, I never thought about it until watching it this time around. I was like, oh my God, that's what he called Rocky Balboa. Exactly. Uh, which was fucking genius. I thought that was so cool. Um, Rock hits the ropes. He comes off with a flying clothesline, which normally the crowd would pop for, but they boo the Booed. shit out of him. Yep. Yep. And now it's a full on switching of the roles. Now Rock is, it's the, the transition is complete. You know what I mean? Yes. And this is what happens when you do get two icons in the ring. They're mm-hmm. reading the crowd. They're adjusting yeah. on the fly. They're giving the crowd the match that they want. Right, right. Um, yeah, and Hogan starts selling like a baby face. Yes, exactly. Right? Rock starts beating on him. Yep. Um, yeah, Rock tells Hogan to bring it, and they shove each other, and then Rock fires up, and he backs Hogan to the ropes. He try, uh, Hogan tries to do, and this is like you said, Hogan's not in his prime. Hogan tried to do the backwards. Rock hit him with a punch, and Hogan tried to do the backwards flip to the floor. Yeah, he just, <laughs> it didn't work. Couldn't do it, but Hogan's back was fucked at this point. Right. So, I mean, he ju- honestly, he just kudos ju- to him for even he trying. He just jumped yeah. up and, like, landed on the first rope. <laughs> Yeah, and he just said, fuck it, he rolled out. Yeah, let me like Flair um, earlier, just can't get it up. You know, it happens to us all day. <laughs> 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 I got a few years to go, although I'm drinking enough that I might have that problem tonight. <laughs> Whiskey dick. <laughs> Guinness dick. <laughs> um, Hogan ends up reversing an Irish whip, but he gets cut off when he goes for a backdrop, which is exactly what a face would do, you yep. know, when he's working from underneath. It's your classic baby face heel match. Um, uh, Rock goes for rock bottom, but Hogan elbows out of it. And the crowd goes fucking banana. And uh, Rock takes Hogan down. And he hits some punches and he talks shit to the crowd. Hogan hits a belly to back. 
suplex, and I think that's the first actual move, like wrestling move, and Hogan does an abdominal stretch, which I'm not sure I've ever seen Hogan do an abdominal stretch. I mean, maybe he did in WCW. It was definitely not one he did in the WWF. Yeah, that's like a move like he would get put in an abdominal stretch in WWF. Right, exactly. Yeah, and then Hogan does the back rakes, which I love. I love that move. Even I will face Hogan that move. did that. Even Face Hogan did that. I saw MJF do it recently. I just love it. It's just a shitty fucking heel move to do. Yeah. Yeah. But Hogan as a face would do the back rake. It was great. Um, and then Hogan gets on top of Rock in the corner. He gives him three punches to the face. And um, the crowd's trying to count along. But I guess because it's a big stadium, they kind of don't really count along. Uh-huh. And he says, fuck it. He bites the rock. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, well, if they, can't, if they can't count along with me, I'll just bite his ass. <laughs> And then Hogan's in full heel mode, but he's a baby face. He chokes him with his wrist tape. You know, he's like strangling the rock. Dude, he could have fucking um, prison shanked him and the crowd would have cheered. Like, oh, totally. He had him in the palm of his hand. Yeah, right. He could have smothered him with chloroform. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then it gets to where they're just punching each other. They're just sort of trading punches and half the crowd is standing. Like, that's how hot the crowd was. Like, for just punches, the crowd is on fire. Um, and then Hogan sets up a table or he sets up the announce table, you know, he takes the top off and does the whole thing and the rock makes a comeback. Rock tries to hit Hogan with the chair, but the referee, it was Cordera. No, it was, uh, um, uh, what the fuck's his name? Not Cordera's, um, Kyoto, Kyoto, Kyoto is behind the rock and he grabs the chair out of rock's hands and, um, I'll get in, into this later, but great job by Kyoto by, uh, being right in the right position. You don't even see him. You know what I mean? Rock goes swinging. You don't even see him on camera until he grabs a chair from him. It was yeah. just like really good. You know, the referees are really underrated. Like no referees never get credit for what they do, but he was right in the right position when he needed to be. And I thought that was great. Um, they get back in the ring and he takes a uh, bump uh Kyoto takes a, a bump was that a rock rock missed a clothesline and hit him I think so yeah yeah so rock like smashes into it because it was into him it was like a gnarly fucking bump um and then he hits a spine buster on Hogan and then you have a triple down where all three <laughs> of them are down um Hogan gets up first but he ends up in a sharpshooter but there's no referee he, taps. he taps yeah yeah and then now he's sort of back to being a heel because he's like, oh, the referee's out. I'm going to tap. Right. Hoping this guy will let go of the submission, thinking he won the match. You know what I mean? So you're yep. sort of, now we're starting to get close to the finish, and Hogan's going sort of back to being a heel. Yep. Um, and then Hogan hits a low blow on the rock. And then Might as the well, rock there's hits, your um, window. Yeah. But rock hits a uh, rock bottom, and he gets a, a really slow two count from the ref. Rocky sucks chant. Rocky sucks chant. Yeah. And then um, Hogan takes his belt off and starts whipping the rock. But the rock reverses it and whips the shit out of Hogan. And now the crowd is starting to get behind the rock at this point. Yes, it's an it's a weird turn. Yeah, because you're getting that rock cockiness. He spits on the belt. You know, he holds it above his head and spits on it and everything. Yep. And like, how do you not cheer for that? Yeah. And Hogan's kind of being like Hogan was the guy to pull out a weapon, you know, even though the rock tried to use the chair earlier. Um. Then you get a rock bottom, 
But Hogan kicks out and hulks up. And this is the craziest the crowd has been. Like, people in the in the front section are literally jumping up and down. Yeah, the crowd literally lost their shit at this point. Yeah, and as far away from the ring as I was, I probably was jumping up and down. Like, this place was on fire. Like, oh, yeah. This is, the, this is the peak right here where Hogan hulks up. We've like, how do you not get it. caught up in that? As a fan in the crowd, mm-hmm. how do you also, not when you, get caught also up Also, when that? you see, like, yeah. the wrestler not just backing up, like, what... What's happening to Hogan? Rock is fucking petrified at what he's looking at. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we get the three punches, the big boot, the leg drop. JR says he beat Andre the Giant with that move, and the Rock kicks out at two. Yep. Rock gets up. um, He takes another boot from Hogan, but then Hogan misses the leg drop. Yep. Which is exactly what he did against Warrior Warrior. when they were in Skydome. Exactly. Um. And then he takes a rock bottom and you can see if you watch it closely, you can see um, Hogan tell the rock, give me another one. Um, Hogan's not going to take one rock bottom and, and, and get pinned. Right. You can you can see him talking to him. He says, give me another one. The rock um, does a nip up. Uh, he, hits, he hits another rock bottom, nips up, hits the people's elbow. One, two, three. Rock wins the match. Yep. Apparently breaking Hogan, Hogan's ribs with the rock bottom, too. Right, because Hogan sold his ribs for the next 20 minutes, because this is far from the end of this. Yeah, we well, sold his ribs unless he had to pose. Yeah, right, right. Had no problem flexing, but damn it, those yeah. ribs. Right. So by the end, the, the uh, so it was a perfect, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if Hogan called for just a second people, uh, just a second rock bottom, or he said rock bottom people's elbow, or if the plan was to, I probably the plan was to finish with the people's elbow, but they might've called that in the ring. Yeah. But what happened is the people's elbow was the almost over move in the company. Right. You can't not cheer for that. So at that point you get the full turn again, where the rock is the baby face. Cause yep. everyone's popping for the people's elbow. So it's just like the most incredible fucking match I've ever seen. Cause within a half hour, the rock goes from being, Babyface to heel back to babyface. How many and Hogan, double turns in this match? Yeah. Yeah. And Hogan goes from being heel to face back to heel again. Yeah. And then after the match, Hogan gets up. He's still selling his his ribs and he comes over to shake the Rock's hand and he turns babyface again because he looks like he's hunched over. He looks like an old decrepit old man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you feel, and, and now he's getting sympathy. Now you feel sorry for him. Right. Because his ribs are fucked up. He just, he looks like hell. Yeah. He's a defeated old man. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, by the end of this match, I was like, Hogan is, I know people hate Hogan and this and that. And you can say what you want to say about his work, but psychology wise, Hogan is a fucking genius. Yeah. And this match is just proof of it. Yeah. I mean, he really was a master of manipulating a crowd and a master of crowd psychology. I mean, it's just really incredible, but it does take two to tango. So a lot of credit has to be given to the rock as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then they end up posing together. Hogan keeps selling, and he keeps the camera on him the whole time by doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I start thinking, remember at the end of 4, when I thought Macho Man kept shaking, shaking his hand because he wanted Hogan to leave, but yeah, like Hogan bounce, wouldn't leave? Dude. Yeah. I was kind of wondering if it was the same thing, but knowing the way The Rock is and The Rock knew Hogan when he was a kid, yeah. probably not. Rock probably didn't the, want Hogan to the, leave. No, those are like, no, let's have moments. Like, yeah. like yeah. this isn't and, my moment. Let's do this together. Yeah, and Hogan keeps pointing at Rock like he's the man, you know, um, and they end up walking up the aisle together. Like, and But there, to but there was also uh, 
Hall and Nash come out going, hey, what the fuck? Did you just yeah. shake his hand? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. And they ended up, The Rock and Hogan ended up beating both of them up and getting rid of them. For the full face turn now. Now For you have Rock turn. reestablished as a face. Hogan is your new face. Now they're, they're homies. Yeah. Exactly. They walk off together. And looking back like a couple weeks, Hogan hit The Rock in the back of the head with a hammer. Yep. And he locked him in an ambulance and smashed a semi into him. Smashed it with a semi, yes. Yeah, so twice in the previous month, Hogan tried to murder The Rock. Tried to murder him, right. But now they're best friends because he won The Rock's respect. Right, well, that's what happens in wrestling. And it happens in the I'm, ring. And that's why I love wrestling. Exactly. And to be honest, like, this match is wrestling at its best. And, like, this would have been, now you're putting your credits up on the screen, you're done, the crowd is going home happy, Mm-hmm. That's where the credit should be rolling here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but totally. No. Yeah. So uh, to get back to Kyoto, um, Kyoto also was in that ref bump in perfect position, perfect timing. So I just I really want to give credit to Kyoto. Kyoto was a really important part of the match that nobody thinks about. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, and he was really good in it. So oh, also Melter gave this match three stars. Hmm. I'm not even kidding. He gave this match three stars. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Meltzer. Well, it's a good thing okay. we really value his opinion. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And during the walk up the ramp, Lita and Trish are looking at their watches. <laughs> oh, shit. Knowing their match is going to get cut. And, and Jazz. Shit. And it's going to get kind of cut during this episode, too, because it's a quarter after 10. <laughs> it, it, so. it seems wrong because now we are in such a great position with uh, with the women's division. We should not be treating their match like this. It's the piss break. This is still when they were doing that back then. It's the piss yeah, break. But, it's the match yeah. where you can cut time from if but, you have but to. But here's the thing. Yeah. Even though it's still like Divas bra and panties, these are now three women's wrestlers in a match. Right, all three yeah. of them are really good. Well, and honestly, mm-hmm. all three should be in the Hall of Fame, too. Uh, Yeah, I wonder if Jazz will get in the Hall of Fame. I hope so, because Jazz reminded mm-hmm. me in this match how much of a fucking badass she was. She was the best of the three by, by a mile. By the way, at this point, no yeah. official intro yet, but that's practically what it is. This is the triple threat match for the women's title. Jazz is the champion versus Lita versus Trish Stratus. Yeah, yeah so it ends up being... Um, it's basically Jazz versus Lita and Trish. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Like Jazz start. is whipping, yeah, Jazz is whipping on both of them. The two of them are sort of working together until Lita pulls Trish off of Jazz in a pin. Um, and then the two of them go at it. Um, Lita goes for a moonsault on both of them, which is really cool. It would have been a cool spot. Oh, uh, by the way, Trish came out with the Canadian, with the uh, maple leaf on her uh, ass. Yep. And with the Canadian flag. And Kevin Dunn totally missed the fucking shot. <laughs> Totally botched her fucking entrance on TV. It was all fucked up. Um, but uh, so Trish gets her knees up, fucks up Lita. Trish goes for a bulldog and Lita shoots her out of the ring between the ropes, which was cool. Um, I thought that was a really cool spot. Trish hung her foot up on the like between the turnbuckles and she's lucky she didn't break her fucking leg. Dude, like, if yeah. You look, if you look at the way she so it was like she went between the between the top and middle rope, but her foot her 
her leg was bent over the middle rope, but her foot was caught under the first turnbuckle. Yep. And she was hanging there, and the, the ref had to help her out of there. It was fucked yeah, up. It looked bad. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, well, she was like 24, you know? Like, you could do that when you're that young. And right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and to, yeah, I hate to rush through this match, but with like, as I were going along, um, Jazz wins with a fisherman suplex off the top rope. Yeah. And I thought, I know how green Trish was, but especially because, like, honestly, being there, the crowd was not into this match at all. We just, no, it the was, vocal it males like were said, chanting, we want puppies. Yeah, and we were worn out after Hogan and Rock, Gross. and we we're like, okay, let's get to the main event so we can get to the bar after the show. Y- yes, um, they could have given Trish the win just for that, you know, just that. And if you don't think she's ready to be champ, take it off her the next night, right? You know, just g- give her a win in her hometown. Yeah. I think this was probably to me the worst part of the pay per view. I think they really fucked that up. Yeah, because honestly, this was a good match. Just mm-hmm. ugh, I don't know about the placement of it. And yeah, it was rushed and the crowd was just taken out of it because of the match before it. So yeah, bad yeah. placement, unfortunate for the ladies because this was a hell of a match. Right, totally. With with three Hall of Fame women's wrestlers yeah. who wrestled in the brown panties atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely. I just really... And wrestled in brown panties. Yep. That, that's true. But still, just definitely want to give them their recognition. Uh, For sure. All Tell right. Uh, we go back to the garage. Christian has made it out with all of his belongings. He has a taxi waiting for him, and he kisses the belt. It doesn't taste good. Probably sh- probably should put some uh, gravy and some cheese curds on it. But anyways, <laughs> anyways loads up his bags uh, in the trunk. Starts showboating to the driver that he's the hardcore champion. Like, it's essential for the driver to know that. Yeah, here's my credentials. Yeah. This is how I'm paying. This is this <laughs> is fucking duct tape and... Is that, is that gum holding this part of the belt together? So, something like gum? that. <laughs> but, but anyways, here comes Maven from behind with the roll-up. And th- that's a pinfall. That's six, ladies and gentlemen. He bounces in the cab with Christian's stuff in the trunk, and he he takes off and he takes off and escapes with the hardcore title. Entered the stadium as the champion, left the stadium as the champion. The, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, don't for, yeah forget about the adventure in between. That's the primary. Yeah, took a few that's hours. The primary hey. goal. Yeah. Hey, is he the only person who came in as champ and left as champ? Because RVD won the title. Uh, no, Billy and Chuck came in and oh, left with Chuck. Oh, you're right. Jazz, you're right. Okay. Jazz okay. literally. And Jazz, Just yeah. like three oh, minutes jazz. ago. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Blame the Guinness. Mm-hmm. I just finished my second one. Very good. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to get another one that I'm going to make Irish coffee and wait for the pizza. Very Sweet. good. The following match is your main event. Was it supposed to be the main event? <laughs> Quote, unquote. Yeah. But this is what it is. <laughs> this is for the undisputed WWF Championship. After making a comeback after tearing his quads in two and winning the Royal Rumble, Triple H taking on the first ever undisputed WWF Champion, Chris Jericho, with Stephanie McMahon. And drowning pool plays Triple H in Instead the Instead of Motorhead. Yep. And it was fucking terrible after a year after Motorhead played him to the ring. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, Triple H is wetter than normal. Also, I, I noticed that it looked overly and inconsistently yeah. greased up. Did yeah, it was like it was like he was outside in the rain. Oh, you know what? It was raining during this because um the dome leaks. We found out. Oh, interesting. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, there were like drips of water coming down. And we were like, what the fuck? Where is that coming from? Oh, so we weren't in the top oh. section because there was a section above us. Um, now that Because we were like, did they spill something? Because it was like just trickling. Um, but like the top section was behind us. So like that wouldn't have been trickling. And then someone was like, maybe the dome leaks. Oh. We went outside. It was fucking pouring. Oh, oh shit. So yeah. So um, anyone who doesn't know, the Sky Dome leaks. Sh- or it did 21 you years sure ago. You sure you weren't seated under that uh, Hard Rock Hotel Sweet. Or... <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Huzzah. Yeah, right. yeah but... <laughs> wow, I got a little Canadian gravy on you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Lord. Dick um, Sprinkler. <laughs> um, Scott knows. Jericho and Steph. Jericho and Steph will look fucking awesome. You know what I mean? They look like WrestleMania main eventers. Jericho's in the fucking um, yeah. sparkly Sparkling green pants green. with with, yeah. a, with a pink uh, shirt, and Stephanie's in the kind of like greenish, like aqua kind of color. Rocking the side boob. You know, rocking the side boob. Yeah, mostly she looks good, but they look great. Um, yeah. Triple H's quad is taped, which I would assume he probably doesn't need it to be taped, but you know, but it sells the injury, and exactly that comes into play later in the match. It makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually um, have a note. Stephanie's outfit, Chef's Kiss. <laughs> yeah, it is Agreed. Chef's Kiss. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, Triple H early on hits a um, knee lift. You know his famous knee lift, and he sells his leg, yeah. which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then um, Jer- uh, Jericho dumps him over the top rope. Jericho goes to the top rope. Um, but then H. Triple H, I think it's on the apron and throws him to the floor. And then yes. they somehow end up in the front row, right? Yep. And Triple H immediately starts to take disassembling the table to set, you know, to do a table spot. Um, Bringing the crowd back into it because remember, <laughs> two matches right. previous to this. <laughs> We're fairly disinterested. Right, right. They're yeah. trying to pull everybody back in. Yeah. Um, so really early on, um, Triple H has Jericho on a figure four. Stephanie breaks it up. Um, Triple H pulls her up to the apron. And then Jericho goes for a spear on Triple H. He dodges it and he hits Stephanie. So right away, Stephanie's getting her ass kicked. Yep. Um, Triple H gets her, goes for a pedigree on her, but he takes a missile drop kick from Jericho. And now Jericho's in control. So he takes over at this point. Um, he does the figure four around the post, which is a cool move and a really cool move. And a dude's come back for a quad from a quad tear. Yes. Um, and then he goes for figure four, but he gets shot into the post, but triple H is too beat up at this point to make a comeback. He can't just like, he can't even really get vertical. You know what I mean? He's so fucked up. Um, for some reason, Stephanie is harassing Earl, like Earl's <laughs> Earl, uh, Hefner's a referee and Stephanie's just like bothering him. You know, yeah. she's being like a pest. Yeah. She's mm. like, I know about those counterfeit shirts. You fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell my dad. Um, triple h hits a spine buster that was not as good as the arm spine buster but it was really good um but he's having a hard time using his leg and he does the flip in the corner the flare flip in the corner yep he actually manages to do it uh but he ends up on the floor and then jericho takes apart triple h took apart the spanish announce table jericho's taking apart the english announce table now um 
And then um, they end up on top of one table. Triple H, Jericho goes for, um, uh, he's going to go for a, uh, what do you call it? Walls of Jericho? Mm-hmm. Triple H somehow reverses into a pedigree, um, but he takes a backdrop through the other table. So now, and it's pretty early in the match, Triple H going through a table. And uh, they get into the center of the ring, and Jericho hits a walls of Jericho right in the center of the ring. And being there at the time, I thought the match was over at that point. Yeah, you're thinking, okay, Jericho retains. Right, it's like, and it's kind of like, okay, you have, Triple H has an out. You know, he's, his leg is taped up. He's back from a quad right. injury. Right, And you're also like, Jericho's only been champ since December. It's not totally out of the question for him to hang on to it. Exactly. Definitely not Definitely not thinking about the baby face almost always wins at the end of WrestleMania. Um, But, um, so he's in that, Earl does the hand drop thing, which I miss. I wish they would still do that in submission holds. Yep. Um, He drops his hand twice. The third time, Triple H gets to the rope. Um, and then Jericho's like, fuck this. I'm going to take him out with a chair. You know, nothing's working. I'm going to get a chair. Stephanie distracts Earl and, um, Jericho comes at Triple H with the chair, but Triple H kicks it into his stupid face <laughs> and then he DDTs, DDTs Jericho onto it for a two count. And I again thought that was the end of the match. And then Stephanie gets in the ring to argue with Earl some more. And then she ends up taking a pedigree. Yep. And I thought this was the nip slip spot, but it's not. Oh, this isn't it. No, it was when he was on the table. They did it on the table, maybe at the pay-per-view after this or something. I forget which pay-per-view it was, but no. Because, I mean, trust me, I watch very closely. I see. You also missed. The- oh, this isn't it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then you get a um, Jericho hits Triple H with the chair shot while Earl's dealing with Steph, you know, getting her out of the ring. Um, Triple H, Jericho gets a two count. And uh, so kind of, it's not that long of a match. It's shorter than Hogan Rock. Um, So to go into the finish, Jericho goes for a pedigree. Triple H slingshots him into the corner, but Jericho lands on the second rope, which was really cool. Yeah. He turns around, jumps back at Triple H. Triple H cuts him in the pedigree. You see Jericho uh, trying to escape that like desperately. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I mm-hmm. rarely see, or at that time, I rarely saw someone uh, try to do that with a pedigree. Yeah, right, exactly. He's trying to get out, but he can't, and it was it was a great, it was a really cool finish. I love that it was like, tease the pedigree, Jericho gets, escapes, still ends up in the pedigree, still gets pinned, um, and it was the only pedigree to Jericho in the match, which I like too. Protected you know what I mean? the finisher, like, yep. Yeah, I've never been huge on the hit a guy with three or four finishers to win the match. Like, right, right. That was cool. It's like, yeah, exactly. And I'm sure that's Triple H thinking like, the pedigree's no fucking joke. You're not right. kicking out of it. I'm going to hit it once. Yep. This was a great match to end any other WrestleMania, except mm-hmm. this one. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This was, dude, this would be, if you watched this match at the show at the time, it was kind of like, oh, that match was cool, I guess. Yeah. Um, and if you even watched the pay-per-view all at all once, sit down for four hours and watch the whole thing, you're like, wow, that was pretty good. Yeah. But if you watch this match in a bubble, you know, watch it by itself, it's a really good match. It's a great it's title just, match. It is. It's just, it's kind of like Triple H and Booker T. If you watch it by itself right. at 19, it's a really good match. But given its placement on the card, yes. the placement on the card kind of took a lot away from it. So Same can um, be said for the women's triple threat as well. That's why Hogan Rock mm-hmm. should have been the main event. Yeah, absolutely. This is yeah. like a great album, just mixed horribly. 
Right, it'd be like if Master of Puppets was the last song on the on the record. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. What? You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah, or no, or not last, but like third to last. Right. Right. You know, like yeah. mi- middle of middle of the second side of the tape. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but overall, and we've gone two hours now, um, which we tried not to do. And imagine that we like fucking half-assed three matches. That's weird. Oh, it's but, not uh, going to go that long. And what yeah, happens? I really didn't think it would. I re- mm, really yeah, that never happens. Yeah. Um, I give the match five beers and it might've been six of Hogan and Rock went on a last. Hmm. Okay. Uh, overall, yeah, I'm going to be right in that same neighborhood. I'm going five and a half beers. I'd go five. And really, it's just a bad mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The The only flaw was the placement of the matches. 100%. Yeah, because even the undercard was, and there was not a bad match. Every match was good. Um, even the matches that were just like still nothing special were very like, strong. Agree. Yeah, yeah like we yeah. said, like the RVD and R- William Regal match was exactly what it needed to be for that place in Same the show. Same for Christian and you know DDP. I mean? Yeah, it's a, a exactly. strong follow-up. Okay, you guys are doing well, and it derails. Even mm-hmm. having a, yeah, and, a pay-per-view long running gag of the hardcore title, that even worked. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. And even, um, I mean, Saliva and Drowning Pool were that's the best two you know if you were to pick two musical guests when they've had two musical guests they were probably they're like the number two and three best musical guests they probably ever had you know assuming motorhead's number one yeah they were fine for for 2002 yeah they were good they were fine um and even the tag match i don't know what you guys said about it i'll hear it when i listen back to this um but I thought that match was better than I expected because I expected it to be a spot fest with no kind of psychology whatsoever. Right. But it was not. Right. It was not that. It you know, was not. It, it, yeah, it was actually a way better match than I thought it was going to be. So yeah, it's a really good show. Yeah, and that takes yeah. care of our two plus hour coverage of WrestleMania X Eight. Well, we did like chat shit and all that stuff for what fifteen minutes beforehand, so less yeah. than that. But either way. We hope all of you enjoyed our coverage of this now legal pay-per-view as of today, the release date. It's now legal. You can watch this episode and have a beer with it. Yeah. There you go. There you go. By the way, what time do you start work, Scott? Eight? Yes. I start at six. So, uh. Sad. Yeah. You still have to eat dinner. Yeah. Who, you? No, you still have to eat dinner. No, I got to get the pizza. But, uh, no, I was just going to say, like. Yeah, we were trying to rush through this to get you to bed, but I got to be up two hours before you do, so I don't feel sorry for you. Suckers! <laughs> uh, please tell us what you think about this uh, epi- about this pay-per-view and our episode covering it on the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, wrestling underscore drunk. Tell your family, friends, heels, and faces to like, share, and subscribe to our show. And please rate us so that we can get recognition boosts and this drunk wrestling adventure can keep afloat. On behalf of Eddie, who was there, and Scott, I'm Adam, reminding all of you to enjoy a buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching, and we'll see you all next time for another great episode. One, two, three, forcible entry.